Episode 238 of the best of the 20 teens. It's well, the show is of course rank and review, but I'm assuming since you're hearing my voice, you knew that. And we're back to the second installment of the best of the 20 teens. We're going to rank our 20th to our 11th selections of the best of that particular decade. And we're going to review a bonkers movie called The Lure and a less bonkers movie called Black Coat's Daughter. Um, I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your rank. So you can send that to rankandreview at gmail.com. R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. The website is rankandreview.ca. Big love to Jason Dubray and Lee Beckman for coming back and doing all of this hard work. And I'm not going to waste any of our time. We've got lots to cover. So welcome to Best of the 20 Teens, Volume 2. Okay, Mr. Beckman, what was your 20th ranked horror movie from the 20 teens? I think it's probably one of the prettiest horror movies on this list. Um, Special shout out to also the soundtrack by Colin Stetson, who did the score for um, uh, Hereditary. And I've rarely seen H.P. Lovecraft (laughs) done so cinematically well. Like... This movie is pretty. I love pink <laughs> because of this movie. And that's Color Out of Space. Too mm. bad about that director. I don't. I think he's done making movies. <laughs> yeah, there was talk about him doing more Lovecraft, and then he got canceled, I guess. He, well, uh, a long-term ex-partner came clean about his physical abusive ways, and mm. all of a sudden he just got cut ties with the Elijah Wood film, product, film company. company. So right. no more. Um I wish I would have seen that movie actually in the theater with the sound because oh, it would be amazing. Like just, uh, yeah. uh, and it's one of those Nick Cage movies because I'm not always a fan when he crages out, but, but he's it, allowed to crage cage out because it's, yeah. it's 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 definitely in the script for him. Yeah, and I I enjoy it so so much because of it. Um, and every any time that you're honoring the thing, <laughs> like there's just do you want know, you know the alpacas do look an awful lot like yeah. those dogs in the thing, yeah. do they yeah. not? No. Yeah. Um, uh, I I love me some Richard Stanley. It's just um, yeah, he's just got some defaults, some like some faults in his mm-hmm. character, and mm-hmm. it feels like Color Out of Space should be on my list for me, and I liked it, but 
I kind of crossed it off the list pretty early. I mm. mean, uh, it plays to my soft spot. I, I will go for a, a crazy, even a kind of cringy, mid-level Nick Cage performance. Yeah. And I'll go for a, a lukewarm to bad Lovecraft adaptation. <laughs> so they yeah. didn't have a big hill to climb yeah, to yeah, please yeah. me. Uh, I liked it a lot, but I don't think I would say I loved it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it... it I'm not Again, surpri- another I'm, solid selection. Yeah, I'm not surprised it's not on your list, but I... I me lovey, me likey. Um, and once again, like I said, um, I, I think Colin Stetson probably made the best horror film soundtrack of the decade. I listened to the fuck out of it for the longest of time. It's just some moody, eerie, mm-hmm. creepy, creepy soundtrack, even in, in the use of sound. Um, also, it's been a while since I've enjoyed Tommy Chong, and I know, once again, he's not exactly stretching, <laughs> but uh, it, I, I thought he worked well with the movie. And I just love that sort of weird kind of fan- fantasy mo- you know, motif a little bit, which is a Stanley thing. But, uh, yeah, Color Out of Space. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, it's a runner-up for me. And I think this was part of the... Nick. Nicholas Cage coming back. Now yeah, he's Quinn, uh, he's know, back to the mainstream. Yeah. It's less of the straight to video or straight to streaming. Um, There's this. There's Mandy. This and Mandy. Yeah, I think Pig. really made it. And then it led led to Pig, which I mean, it's outstanding in Pig. Yeah. Mom and, and Dad frustrated me. <laughs> so I had fun with it. I, yeah, vi- like visually as well. It, yeah. it is a stunning film. It just didn't quite make the list for me. So fair yep. enough. What made your 20th position? 20th. It's already been mentioned, but Alexandra Aja's Crawl. I I have a story with this one. Um, In the year 2019, February, I visited New York City, and I ended up on a TV show live with uh, Ryan and Kelly. Um, And it was the Oscar week, and I won uh, this Oscar contest on international television, and I got $500 in movie free movies but i came back to canada and this was with fandango which is only in the u.s no so uh i arranged it was kind of impromptu in the summer two road trips through the excited states of america (laughs) and i was like i want to use this up i will see anything and crawl was playing in north dakota in their multiplex and i thought well i'm you know I'm not, I can't lose anything by watching this. It's free to me. And, yeah. and I loved it. I had such a great time. It's, it's all in the attitude and the experience you have. Yeah, you're right. Some things are absolutely ridiculous. And I, this is one for whatever reason, I just don't care about any of those things. I, I thought it was brilliant. Like you established that the daughter is this uh, amazing swimmer in the opening scenes and the build up to the storm and uh, the scene in the car and then getting in there. Everything about it was exciting. It's it's a, again another tight movie where there's kind of no no dead time in there, and it it really overperforms. I mean, to I sell the production end too. It was shot entirely indoors. Wow, the yep. set of the house and the house next door and the street and the gas station across the street. Wow. Is all a fucking set. Like if you had told me that that was shot in Florida in some town or something, I would have totally believed you. In order to maintain you. control of the water and the storm, mm-hmm. that was the way to do it. Yeah. And you would... I didn't... Until I watched the special features, I assumed it was shot outdoors. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I've already made my case for Crawl. <laughs> so it's on my, it's on my shelf. I'm talking about it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I, I'm actually surprised and heartened that everybody had Crawl on the list. I thought I might have been a little bit, yes, we like Crawl, but calm down there. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we're going to start with another one that we have already mentioned here in my 20th position. Uh, again, another one that came off and was put back on the list, but eventually upon rewatching, the autopsy of Jane Doe yep. needed to be there. Mm -hmm. yep. The horror genre is not always kind to women. Mm -hmm. And what I connected to on this most recent viewing of that is this very literal assessment. We have a naked woman on a table and two men are cutting her open. Yep. And they're, they're, they're doing it for altruistic reasons. They're yep. trying to solve a puzzle. They want to know what happened to her. Yep. They're not villains. They mm -hmm. don't deserve what happens to them. Yep. Nobody uh, in the long chain of death that presumably this corpse causes genuinely deserves the horrible fate that they're going to get. Yep. But inevitably, this evil will continue to present itself. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like, I liked it right away when I first watched it, like I liked most of Overdell's work in the decade. Yeah. Like, Troll Hunter's just a little bit too goofy to make the list, yep. but I really enjoy Troll Hunter. Yep. And Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, as far as, like, that feeling of the Amblin when PG-13 had, like, yep. real teeth to yep. it, it is does establish that not enough to get it on the list for me but yeah. uh no no autopsy of jane doe i think does the job and i'm got a real soft spot for brian cox yes yeah. you get brian cox centering your horror movie you're, you're, you're in a good place <laughs> so yeah. uh once again yeah uh it it grows on you too i think that it's another one that upon revisiting its strengths kind of reasserted themselves it didn't dilute it was still strong Anything else? You guys, we already talked about it. Yeah, yeah. 19th position, Mr. Beckman. So guess what we're talking about again. <laughs> Uh-oh, is it Crawl again? It's Crawl! <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that Alexander Aja has made, you know, he made our, our last list, last, uh, de you know, decade, uh, decade show. So, uh, he, of course, he had to show up here. I'm also, like, th there's some sentimental value to Crawl because it was the last film I saw at Rainbow Cinemas. Oh. Uh, and I saw it with you. Yeah. Uh, and so... It, yeah. it had to be on the list just because, you know, I worked there and, you know, mm -hmm. so much fun. No, I remember going to see it with you and yeah. uh, I was expecting to like it because yeah. I like the director and I yeah. like Animals Attack movies, but yeah. I wasn't expecting to like it that much. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. it was it, it, yeah, it's fun. It's goofy. It's not quite deep blue sea bad level. Like no. it's a... It's, yeah, a, it's, it's not better. bad enough to be considered yeah. a yeah. guilty pleasure yeah. Yeah. to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's a well-made horror thriller. Yay! I have not seen his new movie that Netflix Oxygen? that space one. Yeah, I have not seen that one yet. Yeah. Um, but apparently he's you know still making he's still going to make movies. So good for him. Once again, shout out to Barry Pepper. Canadian <laughs> content, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I love the fact, and we sh I should have seen it coming. Uh, but the fact that you know it's a gator a farm that was like right next, next to it, yeah. <laughs> and it's over flooded. Um, like the, and the whole experience causes. Yeah costs pepper like an arm and a leg yep, yeah yeah but the fact that she crawls in and you know a good shout out to the alien uh aliens homage when she crawls into the, like the, the gator den and uh, the eggs are there and i'm just like Fuck! <laughs> and then well, she has to swim bad up situations worse yeah no um uh, i i think we can all agree crawl was a good time at the movies mm -hmm. it's so uh, well made poorly advertised like like they threw no money at it in advertising oh. 
and it just came out in the dead of summer, and it still was a hit. Yeah, like like that's another thing that made me like about that movie is like it, it delivers. It, Paramount apparently had no like they thought it was a dud or something, yeah. and it, it just it, it was the sleeper su- summer hit of that year. Yeah, where it just stayed around and stayed around and made money and made money and made money. It overperformed. It did. Time, yeah. Uh, so I'm so glad for that you know crawls on here. So there, yeah. crawl. Yeah. Well, I feel I've made my case on Crawl already, yeah. so let's move on. Well, to for number 19, for lack of a better term, the circle jerk continues here because I have the autopsy of Jane Doe, who oh, is number 19. <laughs> so we've talked about Crawl and the autopsy of Jane Doe a lot. But, um, yeah, going back, to, I mean, the performances, um, Emile Hirsch, a little bit of a missing persons alert there. I really liked him in Into the Wild as well. Yeah. And so I was happy to see well. him in, in this movie with Brian Cox, who is obviously... One of the great actors of all time, uh, pre-succession fame and all of that. Now, where people started to actually, you know, know who he is, yeah. not just be a that guy actor. But anytime he shows up in any movie, but especially in a horror movie, he shows yeah. up in The Ring. I smile. He shows yeah. up in Zodiac. I smile. Trick or treat. Yeah. Yeah. Trick yeah. or treat. Yeah. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. this was another one where I mean, I've, I've seen this type of movie before. But the execution from moment to moment is perfect, and it starts off a simple premise, and they throw so many obstacles at the characters. Uh, I watched this when I was on, on leave, living here in Regina briefly, at the Regina Rainbow Cinemas. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I was, again, like, here, and I was just like, oh, I, I, I want to go see some movies while I'm here. Yeah. And this is one that looks like an interesting horror movie, and it... Yeah, again, it was way better than I expected it to. This is another one I don't remember a whole lot of publicity for, like Crawl, and mm-hmm. and it's great. So, well, the cast attracted me. You just don't see that kind of actors in a in a in a horror movie typically. Yeah. Like Emil Hurt, I guess he his his hot phase has passed, but he's yeah. still a solid actor. Well, I think <laughs> Into the Wild is a great book that was made into an okay movie. Yeah. Personally, I, I, I like the movie he more than you did. He is really good in yeah. it, though. I would say yeah. that he is really good yeah. in it. Yeah. But I feel like Sean Penn missed the point mm. of the book on some ways. But that's a discussion for another yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, I liked Overdahl, but I was like Brian Cox and Neil Hirsch, or yeah. their yeah. father's yeah. son. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, honestly, it could have been written and directed by anyone. I was, would have been intrigued. Yeah. And it delivered. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, Emil Hirsch needs to stop getting drunk and punch studio heads in the face. Oh, yeah. I, that's never a good career. Uh, I, I, amazingly, this movie was made long after, like, but he was, in essence, banished it. But, I mean, he still continues to make movies. I never got through Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I don't know, just too much at some point. And I, the, blah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, we, we've all talked about the autopsy of Jane Doe. All right. 19, I said that I had horror sci-fi in every little batch of 10, and yeah. I do here. Lee Whannell made this little picture called Upgrade. Ah. And, uh, like, again, people will say, well, it's about AI. and the, His girlfriend is killed, and he is uh, paralyzed, and he's offered this SIM system that they plug into his spine that will enable him to move, and there's a voice in his head that talks to him, mm-hmm. and he can give it permission over the amount of control it has over his body. And the more permission he gives it, of course, the more sinister things go to get. And again, if you feel like this is a sci-fi movie, I again invite you to watch it yeah. under the prism of a horror movie. Yeah. You could see he's being possessed by technology. Yeah. There is a greater sort of story going on around it that reveals itself through the, through the script, but... 
the basic idea of your body being in, invaded by AI, yeah, I think is it going to become increasingly relevant mm-hmm. with every yep. passing second that we yeah. go to. Yeah. And I also think that Lee Winnell, because he would follow this up with The Invisible Man, yeah. has really graduated from yeah. strong horror screenplay writer to director to yes. keep your eyes on. Yep. Because both Invisible Man and Upgrade have some amazingly well-handled sequences of action and suspense. Do you know what he's doing next? What's he doing next? He's doing The Wolfman with Ryan Gosling. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I mean, he did a good job with The Invisible Man, so yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I believe it. And like, uh, originally, all of the press was about um, James Wan. Yeah. Because Lee Winnell wrote, yeah. saw, James Wan directed it. Yeah. And uh, they did a bunch of movies together. And so that was sort of the dynamic. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me that if, in the end of the days, when things play out, Lee Winnell will be more famous for his directing. <laughs> you never know. I could yeah. be it could happen. Yeah. 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 But there's something about the way he handled the action scene specifically in this yeah. movie that is so brutal. Yeah. And uh, the actor, uh, Logan Marshall, is that his name? Yep. Uh, does a really good job of the physicality of the role is intense like his body's doing all these brutal things yeah. but his face is like bewildered and yeah. shocked and yeah. like as horrified but what by what he's witnessing as anything else and the duality of that performance yeah. beating the shit out of someone while your face is like in a completely different yeah I, I don't know. There's just a lot of impressive things about this movie. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really think of it as a sci-fi movie. I mean, unassailably, that's how it was sold, and that's maybe what it is. Yeah. But the level of violence and the way the story closes out in the third act yeah. screams horror mm-hmm. movie. Well, me. that ending is a horror movie. Yeah. The, clearly, uh, when it's all and, is revealed. Yeah, and then the technology still exists. This is not the first person, presumably, that that's yeah. going to happen to. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Upgrade. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Oh. I, I haven't. I've seen The Invisible Man and loved it. So I, it sounds good to me. Worth your time. Oh, sure. no, I, I agree. It's one that I'm, like, I looked at the list and went, eh, and I had to be ruthless. Yeah. I agree it's a horror film. Yeah. Um, but it turned into the whole sci-fi horror film. And I already had Color Out of Space, which is more cosmic horror, but it was just, okay, I understand. <laughs> you know, thriller. It's And it's shot like a sci-fi uh, film as well, but that doesn't mean it's not a horror film. Yeah. Um, um, and also, like, it's a very small budget movie. Like I think it costs I think two million or something, but it looks good. Yeah, and it's got echoes of a lot of other movies. That yeah, I think of Dark City. I think of yeah. Memento. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. of like I, it, I love all those movies. Yeah, so it's I'm gonna got love a this. strong personality. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. give it a look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number eighteen, Mr. Beckman. So, I think it's. I wouldn't say it's hard because I've seen a lot of great horror western movies, but. At one point, about 2015, this guy, um, let me look at him, uh, S. Greg Zoller, who's, you know, gone on to, like, make, you know, hard-boiled 70s-esque. Dragged across concrete and brawl in the cell block, whatever it was. 99, I think. 99 or something. I think it's 99, but I could be wrong. Anyways. Tough watches. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> really, like, we can't take your eyes off. Um, he made, and I always, and they've done this story before. It's the Searchers, essentially. It's a the, horror version of the Searchers. Yeah, and the missing, and I, and it's. I've seen a lot of reviews saying, you know, it's it starts off, you know, with a western, and then it turns into a horror, horror film. No, no, no. Even from the opening opening uh, story, it is a horror film. It's a slow burn. It's a quiet horror movie. And it's like, called. 
Uh, sorry, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you gotta let people know what you're talking about. Sorry. Like, yeah, no, I no, I, I just wanted people to know what you're talking about because yeah. you're selling a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So it's uh, Bone Tomahawk. Um, also, again, amazing cast. Did I mention Richard Jenkins before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yep. in it and great. He's great in it. Uh, Kurt Russell, who's the big lead, he's really good, and it's good for him to see in horror films. He uh, did this back to back with the Hateful Eight. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a better movie. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> um, I mean, I like the Hateful Eight. But it's not talking okay. shit about Hateful Eight. Yeah, uh, you know who's re- I think kind of steals the movie though, and I, I'm kind of a, you know I, I was surprised I I liked him the most was Matthew Fox. He plays uh, right. essentially the dandy a, sort of yeah guy, yeah yeah. He's he's not a likable character and makes some bad decisions. But damn, does he exit this movie in great style. He was so good and lost in his film career. It just hasn't been the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, he, it's a good role for him. He was the, yeah, he was also the best part of that really bad kind of serial killer thriller. There's a sequel to Kiss the Girls. I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I can't yeah, think yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Along Came a Spider? Oh, no. No, but there's another one. That, oh, it's, there the, another it's the lead detective's name. He was the best part of that sort of contrived movie. But anyways, I digress. Matthew Fox, uh, good actor. Nobody knew what to do with him, so he quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick, yeah Wilson's, I, I like, Patrick Wilson's really good. Yeah. David Arquette. Uh, Sid Haig. Solid cast. Yeah. I like Bone Tomahawk. Uh, I didn't really seriously consider it for the list. I think it does have the shock and awe value, especially when it turns into Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you're just not ready. I was not ready. But the, it's already been brutal at, that, at, at some points in the movie. The world is established as brutal. Like, one yeah. of the first things we see is some guy getting his throat cut while he's asleep. And, yeah. like, there's nastiness to the movie right away. Yeah. But, uh,. Again, it was just one of those ones. If to include it, I would have to take a different horror movie off of the list. That I wondered if little you, bit it was going to be. It was going to be on your list. So I think it works as well as, like you say, uh, almost a, a dar- the darkest possible version of the Searchers. Yeah, it was like they were trying to go as grungy as possible to the point where the movie almost becomes unpleasant. And upon watching his subsequent movies, which are strangely hypnotizing while you're watching them. But that same thing is there. It's just as ugly as he can possibly make it. <laughs> and you got to respect him for going there. But I think it does hurt repeat viewings. Yeah. I, it was a runner-up for me. I totally consider it a horror movie beginning to end. Yeah. Um, I, it's a bit longer. I mean, I, I, no, the first time I watched burn. it... It's it a took, slow burn. It was a slow burn, and I like slow burn. I think the first time I watched it, I wasn't quite ready for how slow a burn it was. Right. And um, if you know what you're getting, it's an easier I, sit. But I, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And of course, anytime Kurt Russell is the lead in a movie now, I am going to pay my money happily for it, even if it turns out to not be a great film. And this is uh, this is a solid film. Uh, whether whether it's make, better than Hateful Eight is a discussion for another day. Right. But yeah. I think it's the best thing film Zoller's done. I, I liked uh, Cell Block a little bit less and then Concrete a little bit less still. Yeah. Yeah. But they all have that same hard-to-look-away-from quality. Yeah. So. Well, there's, the, there's a something pulpy fiction. He, he loves his cult movies. Like They're all... I mean, one's a prison film. The other one is a, like a horror, you know, Western. And then we've got this sort of... Bad Pulpy. cop versus worst cop. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unredeemable okay. characters. Anyways. Solid choice, brother. Yeah. For my number 18, I need to thank you, Larry, for introducing me to the Black Cope's daughter for this mm. show. I I knew nothing about it. I'm glad you liked I it. I feel <laughs> like I should have known about this. It was it was exactly my t- and slow burn absolutely and you're not quite sure where you are with it and that's it's it's real magic um, as well as getting some r- tremendous performances um, that uh, Kieran Shipka who I saw in another movie just one I hadn't seen considering it for this list and and had a, almost the opposite experience they kind of steals the movie as much as I. Like Emma Roberts, and anyway, we're gonna review that one later, and I don't want to get too detailed about it. But this is one that I almost probably, if you talk to me in five, ten years, I might even think it should be in the top ten. Right. But I just haven't had as much time on this. But I, it, it had to be kind of in in at least this top twenty for me because it's just such a Jason horror movie. I mean, it was <laughs> all these different parts and stories. It's based on a novel, I think, and I could see. How it would be a, no- a great novel as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, well, I it's really solid. wanted to talk about it with someone because I needed to uncode it. Because I think, like I said in the introduction, uh, I really liked the movie, but I didn't fully get the movie. I think yeah. the yeah. first time I watched I, it. But yeah. despite not getting it, mm-hmm. I knew that I really liked yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, uh, I wanted to talk about it with you guys, and that's why it's on the list. And it again, it's another one of those movies that could and maybe should be on the list, but it just isn't. Yeah. I included it. We're going to have a good discussion. We will, yeah. It, so. yeah. Uh, and what, only one viewing for it, and it won me over completely, but right. I'm still thinking about it. You know. Yeah. Well, that was what it, the real strength of the movie. When I first watched it, I was like, yeah, I like that. That was interesting. And then days later, I was still chewing it over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Why are you doing this? Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences. you could stay and see my performance. That's all. So there were a lot of movies in this decade about sort of poisonous psychological loneliness. Mm -hmm. Mm. And people being corrupted by it, either by their own illness or some outside supernatural force corrupting them and changing them. And that being the overarching arc of the story or the will there won't there is there something supernatural or are they mad there's like um, I don't know Saint what is it Saint Mary or Possum yeah. or uh, Saint Maud Saint Maud thank you um, there's just a whole bunch of them they're, they're, they're almost too much to choose from um, I came across the Black Coat's Daughter it had a good reputation um, but again was underseen and I 
wanted to do due diligence. So I watched it. And much like The Wailing, I really liked it, but I didn't feel like I got it. Mm-hmm. And that was my original reason for you guys to want to talk about it again. Yeah. We and I talked about it on the phone, and I was like, yeah, I have seen it before, but I better watch it fresh because I hadn't cracked the code. Yeah. And on the second watch, the movie clicked into place for me in a way that, like, I really, I went from liking it, but being a little bit confused with liking it and being really impressed by the filmmaking. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people are talking about more and more these days is nepotism and Nepo babies. Mm-hmm. And everybody getting into Hollywood because they're, you know, <laughs> so-and-so's son or so-and-so's mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do they have the things to back, back it up? Osgood Perkins' dad was Anthony Perkins. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so he's like a Hollywood baby, you know, running around. And he's loved the horror genre his whole life. And he's got around to making this movie. He's in a place of privilege and good, good for him. But... He made a hell of a good movie yep. here, I think. And it does not spoon-feed its audience at nope. all. In it enjoys its silences. fact, I am embarrassed to admit, but I will, that the fact that two of the actresses were playing one character was missed on me the mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that fucked me up. I didn't realize that uh, Emma Roberts was playing the older version mm-hmm. of the character in yeah. in the back timeline. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in uh, the evil repeating itself. It, it, there, there was something because they changed the actresses somehow that yeah. that fucked me up. Mm-hmm. I missed some essential piece of dialogue yeah. the first time I watched. Plus it. the name, the name titles, I think, yeah, throw you off because yep. she's yep. using someone else's name. She she strangles mm-hmm. this woman and takes her ID, and that's where the name Joan comes from, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. It also has taking place over two different timelines. Yep. And all of this is kind of hard to get your head around, and the movie doesn't help you at all. Nope. You're introduced to these two characters, but you don't know that they're the same characters in two different timelines. It just eventually gets unspooled to you. Yep. You don't fully understand the significance. One of the students has this dream that she's led outside by the stark figure Mm -hmm. and she sees the the wreck of her parents car and she screams her mother's name the next day her parents are late picking her up Mm -hmm. and she knows that something bad has happened she and this other student who has her own reasons to stay by herself over Mm -hmm. this christmas they end up sort of stranded together in this lonely icy landscape yeah and the loneliness and the loss has had a much deeper more devastating hit to this character than we or she realizes. I believe that there is a supernatural component to the movie. Like oh, I don't think it's just about someone who goes crazy and stays crazy. But I think it is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And for all of those reasons, I'm very impressed by the movie. And if Osgood Perkins wants to keep cra- cranking them out, sign me up. But... Yeah. I missed a lot the first time I watched the movie, and I'm sure there's more to be said. So I'm very curious to hear what you guys thought of it. I, I get people loving it, but I also get people going, what the hell was that? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have to pay attention because there's little clues that they drop along the way, and sometimes they're you know, just thrown away in a line. Like, you know, I can't remember what the, what the demon says. I, you, know, you know, you're pretty, I think. Um, it's the other girl. Or I think you're pretty. Do you remember that at all? I'm not sure what you're referring to directly, but I. Uh, the who's the first actress that's uh, possessed? 
You're talking about uh, that's uh, the Kieran Sh- Sherpa, yeah, sure like the you younger, her name. the younger version. Kieran and Sherpa. Yep. Yeah, Shippa? and she played Cat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, her and the Roberts character have that same line. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of like little signals that they were the same person. There is a dream-like uh, qua- quality to it, or look to the, or look to the film. It feels very hypnotic. Um, I think there's a lot of The Shining in it. <laughs> I also like the fact that it, they keep sort of the characters. But when things really start to spiral out of control, um, he puts the actors um, not either in the center of the frame or to, to the left. Of, you know, just sort of just off kilter. These little mm-hmm. touches to really do the sense of paranoia and just sort of hypnotic grinding away at you to make you feel so uneasy. Um, I think that's a great cinematic trick that really sort of plays with the viewer. Um, it, but it's and it's also the kind of s- screenplay where it just unravels and unravels mm-hmm. and unravels, mm-hmm. and you're never bored. You have to be patient with it. Yeah, it's, it's not one of those things where you know hard to be ahead of it because you know so little for so yep. long. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, I think it's a great, amazing ghost story. And it's one of those, it has no reason to not be on my list. Again, it's one of yeah. many great titles from mm-hmm. the decade. <laughs> well, and it's, I, I hadn't heard of it, and you had a review for the show, and it, it made my list. I love this movie. I, I just, I cannot thank you enough. Like, I, I was, again, <laughs> very, very on? hard on your other selection. Yeah. But I'm in, like, the exact opposite place where this, this was... A pleasure from beginning to end. I love uh, this was among the best of like the slow burn, figuring out the min- the, the the mystery. Plus, I mean, a, a great cast. I mean, I, again, I, Lauren Hawley. Where the heck has she been for? Nice to see you, girl. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to see her. And James Ramar is, is the parents actually and, playing a decent guy. You know, for and, once. Yep. And like, a, I remember originally I was thinking, okay. Okay, they they are the same character. Then I started to doubt they were the same character. Then they, there was a conversation that happens um, when we kind of realize, oh, who these are the parents these of, the parents. and and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, like based on, um, and I, I think sometimes like speaking of nepotism, Emma Roberts. I there mean, you, go. Yeah. you know the, yeah, like Eric is not while he's an academy award nominated actor i like our mutual friend kurt said that he does real estate uh videos oh wow in new jersey literally he will do anything yeah at all like i saw this this awful creature movie or something one one time and he was there he is he doesn't look like he's acting with anybody else they just did shots of him saying lines um but I mean, Julia Roberts still to this day is a presence, you know. And if your auntie is Julia Roberts, but, and you want a foot in the door in yeah. Hollywood, you probably have it. And I, I'm not sure. I've always been on board with Emma Roberts, but she is really good in this. She's just I again. I she's playing a pretty low status, crazy character yeah. in winter in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, she could be in much more comfortable, cozy rom com sets if she yeah. wanted to be. Yeah. So I think she did this movie because she wanted to do this movie. That's well, a great. Yeah. So that says she's got good taste. It is a great plays. horror script. Maybe she, she wrote the novel too. I mean, she I delivered don't know. the performance yeah. for me. 
but everybody delivered a, a solid performance. Even the, it's only in a few scenes, but that priest at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And that that was just an an odd relationship he has to uh, to um, the cat character um, from the beginning. And then we see that talent show where she's she's singing that 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 song, and it's like this. She seems like this sweet girl but the, you know there's something else going yeah. on here and she throughout, thinks she's and it gets, killing it mm-hmm. yeah yes. i mean and we've all seen those yeah those situations but I, I just i didn't know what the payoff ultimately was going to be but i didn't really want this movie to end i would have been happy to mm-hmm. spend four hours with these characters with this exact pacing and this exact style because this is the type of horror movie that Jason Dubray loves so. Yeah. Thank you again. I, I, I have some criticisms, but they're again very, very minimal right. things here and there. But it's upon watching it the second time, I was embarrassed that I didn't put together the. I feel like I might I missed some essential piece of dialogue in the first pass because on yeah. the second pass it seemed very clear to me, but it didn't <laughs> the first time. And I think it's just the different casting. Nine years pass mm-hmm. between the first murders yeah. that take place at the school yeah. and her escaping the asylum, yep. which is what we're privy to. But because yeah. we're not sure of the timeline, it initially feels like this is all happening simultaneously. All at the same time. Like, yeah, little ca- coming to ha- Little clues should have been uh, sort of ringing because they showed the murder uh, at least scenes of the two nuns you know, at least once, twice, just from different point of views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, I just thought it was like evil repeating itself, yeah. but it's so much more sinister than that because I think, and this is my interpretation, and I'll yes, be, I yes. will hear others, but a literal demon told her that her parents were dead, yes. and yeah. it was telling her the truth, yeah. and yeah. she knew it, yeah. and it offered itself to her, and having nothing else, she accepted it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, when it leaves, had nothing else. Yeah. When it leaves, what does she say? You remember? Please don't go. Uh-huh. It yeah. like moves from her to the windowsill, and from the windowsill, it oh. just vanishes, yeah. and she is devastated. Yep. She's and this alone. journey from escaping the psych ward to going back to the school is not about committing more murders. Although when she happens upon one of the victim's parents, she takes it as a sign. Yeah. Uh, she wants the demon back, uh-huh. and the demon isn't coming back. No. The demon did all the damage it can do and moved on. Yeah, so as she is weeping at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. it's not because she suddenly is aware of her madness yes. and is feeling regret no. over the murders she's committed. She's weeping because the demon didn't come back, mm-hmm. and she is still alone. Yeah, yep. and that is a powerful ending mm-hmm. to a horror mm-hmm. movie. It is. <laughs> like, damn. So, yeah. but I mean, the there's a couple is, things is I could. If it was that, a story about evil repeating itself, it's a meditation it would have still worked. Yep. Like, it yeah. still worked for me when I misinterpreted it, is yeah. my yeah. point. Yeah. And I don't know if I just, like, exposed my weakness as a critic, but I, I totally missed this movie. The first time I, I still liked it, but I missed it somehow. <laughs> like, I have two things to say. One is fairly superficial. <laughs> I, I feel like if Emma Roberts didn't want to be alone, she wouldn't have a problem. Right. But... That's so, to the side people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's very crazy. Uh, and but no, but she's that very doesn't composed. doesn't uh, doesn't matter there. But how do you two feel about the exorcism scene? I don't know if I needed that or not. Like that's that's something I'm wrestling with. I guess is the biggest. 
in a movie Wonder. that wasn't conventional, I think it stood out because it's a very conventional yeah. scene and approach. Yeah. We have seen that mm-hmm. scene before, but I like that it was a brief and effective exercise. Yeah. I w- they didn't make a meal out yeah. of it, for sure. I just wasn't sure if I needed it or not. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, There's something about the way they patiently unspooled the story, and there were a lot of movies like that in the decade that just really trusted its audience yeah. in a way that I'm it's amazed good. that it's still popular because it really feels like a lot of movies, if they don't grab the kids' attention in the first five minutes, yeah. Yeah. they're in their phones and the movie sucks because it was boring. And yeah. I, like, and this would be one of those for a lot of Maybe people. filmmakers in this decade just kind of like, I, I give up. I cannot, I cannot keep up with this. Uh, you know, leave kids to their YouTube videos and whatever else. I'm going to make the movie I'm going to make and I'm going to trust that out my audience will be intelligent and they will find this. I mean this this could be in the company of Midsummer and Hereditary and you know some of these again going back to at the beginning you mentioned the idea of elevated horror yeah. you know um it, it comfortably belongs in uh in that company yet it doesn't I don't think this has the following. I'm not sure how many people have seen this. Um, yeah. I, I wish I knew about it years ago as opposed to now, but I, I, I'm happy that I've now discovered it. So. Yeah. And if Emma Roberts was too pretty for the part, maybe she was, a case could be made. I don't think so. I, I think it balances out with the no, use of just, James Remar because mm-hmm. before we know how bad she is, mm-hmm. when James Remar approaches her and is offering her help because of who he is, and our history with James Remar, and the fact that she's by herself and looking at this vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. He reeks of bad news. He, oh. And yes. he is not bad news. No, that, he is it, not He is all. just a genuine guy. He's but, just cursed, actually. Yeah, I mean, that like that hotel scene where she's in, wrapped in a towel. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I knocked on the door and, and, and saw a young girl in a towel like that, I'd be like, oh, I'll come back later yeah. to have this long conversation about things. That's, but we're, we're just like, where, where is this going? But it's just a misdirection, and I think but, part but, of it was the But they aren't lying to us. I mean, it, there's nothing you know, untruthful about it. It's just... Well, and why is he being so affectionate to this lonely young woman? Well, Because he had a daughter once, mm-hmm. and she died, mm-hmm. and he has this hole in his life that he wants to do something about it. And in true horror movie fashion, no good deed goes unpunished. You. I wanted to. I'm trying to remember the name of um, the actor Lucy Boynton. I think okay. is the the third girl. Right. Okay. Uh, and she does a great job. I Doing mean, the she's pregnancy scare. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we 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 have that in there and this whole subplot with her boyfriend and stuff. And, and she's her parents. She's, she's older. She's the more. We seemingly the most more worldly of the two girls that are stuck yeah. for this holiday in this school, and we start thinking they're going to bond with this supernatural adventure together. But no, no, nope. Nope. <laughs> not going to happen. No. Um, I'm sort of running out of things to say about the movie, other than please watch it. Yes, check it out.
Well, I, I doubt this one's going to be on your list, either of your lists, but I uh, was talking earlier about, like, the Quiet, Quiet Bang movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the Conjuring universe, the Insidious, mm-hmm. like, and they have their place, and I enjoy watching them. I just didn't put them on the list. Yeah. Instead, I'm gonna put Terrified. Mm. This is a Spanish language film directed by Damien Rugna, mm-hmm. and basically, it's a bunch of excuses for set pieces involving jump scares, mm-hmm. and that doesn't sound like a juicy way to sell the movie but cumulatively they're some of the best jump scares I've ever seen there's a scene early in the movie where a guy wakes up in the middle of the night and notices his wife isn't in the bed and he's hearing this crashing sound yep whack yep whack yep whack and he gets up to investigate what that sound is and it is so much worse than you could ever imagine I what agree. it would be. There's another scene where we've seen this little boy. Uh, the way they shot the scene, he gets, spoilers, hit by a car. But the way they're shooting the scene, you can tell it's going to happen before it happens. And you feel to yourself, oh, I'm ahead of this movie. But that's not how they're going to use the little boy. The real story of that segment is the little boy shows up home later after being buried. Filthy. And he's sitting at the kitchen table the corpse of a child and the investigators come to see what's going on and they're having this conversation and this child's corpse is just sitting there the whole time and you cannot look away from it and you're waiting to see it move like it got there somehow and the whole movie is based off of these there's a point of view shot where a gentleman is looking across the street at a threat i don't want to spoil it because i don't think a lot of people have seen the movie i haven't but like he looks out the window and he's talking to his friend on the phone. He's like, I don't see it. And then he goes back to talking on his phone. And then he looks out the window again. And they use the same camera move every time he looks out the window. And you know one of these times yeah. he's going to look out the window and they're going to get you. And they still get you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, throw your popcorn on the floor jump scare movie, Terrified lives up to the title. Yep. Yeah. Does it tell a story that has a beginning middle and end i think there's some debate as to whether or not it does but it works enough as a scary like halloween night boo movie that i had to put it on the list just for the strength of the scares it's on shutter as well it's that's yeah yeah, but shutter is good enough to release (laughs) they do release their movies yes of their movies but yes yes, you can watch it on shutter for sure yes no fright is good it's not on my list once again i go Well, and I, I again, this is a conscious thing. I didn't want to make the obvious choices. Yeah. This is where The Conjuring would be for most people, or yeah. like one of the Insidious movies, mm-hmm. or something like that. I just, I just went a different way. Yeah. But that's good. There it is. Yep. All right, Mr. Beckman, what's your seventeenth? Uh, so um, there's this guy came named Michael Daltrey, who I think is three for three. I oh, mean, lovely. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I. He made. I think he made a really great Godzilla movie. I mean, it's it's flawed, <laughs> but it's fun. But it's fun, and, it, and it's like the if that's his worst movie, I think that's amazing. I was not prepared to how scared I was during Krampus. Krampus, <laughs> and I knew it was a PG thirteen horror movie. That movie has no business being PG thirteen. I am shocked, 
shocked. I like someone paid somebody off. Someone got a blowjob at the ratings board <laughs> because I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, the monsters in Krampus. Forget the Krampus is a giant evil fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> I, I enjoy the movie a lot, but I do guarantee you some families took their kids to see that movie yeah. and walked out of the theater. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, and I love the fact that Universal released it. The cast is awesome. Adam Scott. We will be talking about Tony Collette of more course. than once. She's awesome in it. I mean, the like the kids, uh, David Kirchner, Allison Tolman, uh, Conchata Farrell. I think it's the grandmother. Um, and like not a happy ending. Yeah. Not a happy ending. It is ending. not what you're expecting at any point, but it is entertaining wall to wall. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it could have been like a, an individual segment from Trick or Treat, but yeah. it's just blown up into its own movie. No. I don't like it as much as I like Trick or Treat, but I like it a lot. But again, no. I just couldn't find room for it on the list. Uh, it also had that nice buttering, t- uh, buttering, you know, layer of like black comedy yeah. like what's funny is really really dark like even when like this shit starts really going down I'm still laughing pretty hard I do love me Adam Scott in that movie <laughs> that's I mean, a good pick brother um, I, I just wow and like he's three for three trick or treat is amazing mm-hmm. um, I, Maya has not seen Krampus and I do think that will fuck her up <laughs> <laughs> that's that's called the therapy bills you're so, in the face you're not feeling Krampus as much well no my what, what it is is that you're 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 selling on me that this is looked like another one of the PG thirteen watered down horror movies based on the marketing, right? And it was on this long list for the show, but I thought, oh, it's it's some Santa Claus, like it's not, it's kind of minor horror, so I dismissed it and didn't watch it for this, and now that that's what the facial expressions are about. That oh, yeah, I should have watched it is based on what you're describing. This this really does belong. In, no. in our conversation. so It's, it's in our conversation, yeah. but I have not watched Krampus to this point. Watch Krampus. It's I think uh, there's a relationship that develops between Adam Scott and David Koechner, Yeah, where they start off and they fucking hate each other's yep. guts. But yep. through the progression of this increasingly insane evening, they yep. kind of bro up a bit. Yeah, And I don't know, it's it's well done. Yeah, It's well done. This is... This is the first time where I'm kind of like giving you the stink eye that you're shocked it's not on the list. Yeah. Again, most other decades it probably would be. Yeah. But I couldn't find room for any of the Godzilla so, movies. I yeah. Well, find I mean, yeah. Well, the, his like, Godzilla wouldn't wouldn't touch this list with a ten foot pole. But th- this might ultimately end up in my regrets. You right. know, I had lots of regrets from our last show, but this. this I might I when I see it. I was just not ready. To be as scared as I was during that, and I even love the opening like credits montage when it shows this like the madness of Christmas shopping. shopping yeah. I just is like I, I started to applaud, and I, that's when I knew that I was going to love this movie, and it just kept on going. And it, it's okay with being crazy. It's yeah. a crazy movie that's just like deal with our crazy, live with it. <laughs> so, uh, no, your... no business is it being PG thirteen, and there's a like the unrated cut. No business. It's not a family friendly picture. No, no. Uh, what's your should seven? have watched it. Um, seven number seventeen. There could be an argument that this maybe is not a horror movie, but it is such a bleak number. Uh, again, I watched it because of your show, and it's on Netflix, so you probably don't have it on your list here. But it's Cargo, lovely, yeah. directed by Ben Howling, Yolanda Remke. 
Martin Freeman just gives a devastating performance. He shows up in the coolest movies, that he guy. He does. That guy has good people, or he, he himself is good at picking projects. Um, but he's playing an Australian. I didn't know that he could do that in here. And the zombie apocalypse is happening, and he needs to find somewhere safe or somebody to, you know, get his kid to because he knows that he's he's going to turn. Yeah. And just the the, the journey of the film is, is memorable. Uh, it's one of two movies which are very much bleak numbers about uh, about fathers and kind of survival with an impossible situation and. Uh, if people haven't checked out the again, this is among the best of, of Netflix horror right. cinema. Um, so thank you for yeah, promoting I, it on your show. And I, I, I the really amazing love this thing movie. about that movie, and it is really good. And like, I want more zombies on the list. I kept on taking zombie movies off the mm-hmm. list, like mm-hmm. The Dead and The Girl with All the Gifts. Like, mm-hmm. like I like it a lot. I just couldn't find the room. But in in that particular case. Cargo, cargo. Yeah, I just lost, forgot the title of it. It was based on a short film that yeah. I saw mm-hmm. on YouTube, and you can watch the entire short film. It's like eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. And as much as I love the cargo movie, I feel that it accomplished basically the same thing in its hundred minutes that that short film did in eight. Eight, okay. Uh, uh, and I think that might be the reason, other than the fact that I can't own a copy of it, mm-hmm. much as I would like to. Uh, it didn't make the list. So you thought there's a lot of air kind of in the um, well, the journey. And just the fact, it was the same, I believe it was the same people who did it, but the idea of that, the central conceit, which is the short film, he's bit, he knows he's bit, he ties this carry-on with a baby in mm-hmm. it to his chest, and he binds his hands, and he makes sure that his face is not close enough that he can... Yeah. And he starts walking towards where he knows people are. Yeah. And that's where the short film yeah. ends. We don't have all of these other we don't subplots the and, and we horrible don't get, people we encounter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that feeling that the short film left you with is very much similar to the feeling that the mm-hmm. movie left you with. And I, I, I mean, I recommend both of them. But if I needed an excuse to keep it off the list, I guess that was it. Yeah. But I am a fan. I mean, I, I endorsed it in spite of it being a Netflix original. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, have you seen it? Uh, I have not so I'm silent I just go my 17th position I like it when uh, quote legit directors go into horror movies yeah Um, Rennie Harlan did a found footage movie about the Adatloff Pass yeah uh, either called the Atloff or the Devil's Pass if you're into that that was an interesting one. Uh, Steven Soderbergh did this movie called Unsane, yeah. which he shot with an iPhone. Mm-hmm, I yeah. thought that's kind of interesting. And of course, uh, Aronofsky did a couple of them with the Black Swan yep. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mother. I mm-hmm. guess you could debate whether or not it's a horror movie. It's At one point, it was on this list. But it's, yeah. it's certainly yeah. horrific. Yeah. Um, but not a happy I'm movie. gonna go with Barry Levinson. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this footage movie, The Bay, yep. Yep. which has such an ick factor to me. I find the movie so repulsive. Yep. The, yes. the creatures that crawl under your skin and get into you, mm-hmm. like, ugh. It, there, there are sequences of the movie where you start wondering, like, where are they getting this footage from, or why are we seeing the cops commit suicide? Or, but uh, there's moments that are, feel a little bit off key, having watched it four or five times now. Yeah. But generally speaking, it just makes me feel terrible. <laughs> and I think that uh, it's so interesting that the whole idea of the uh, 
environmental devastation that they're reporting on in the movie, all of the statistics and facts that they're dropping, those are all real. Yep. The only thing yep. that isn't real is the visceral monster movie yep. factor yep. of it. Yeah. But fuck that movie just got under my skin. Yep. Uh, it reminds me in the previous decade when we, we talked about the one where they're all trapped on the pyramid to the ruins. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just made me feel gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bay does that. Yeah. But that's the point of it. Yes. And you would never believe that Perry Levinson is this yeah. guy who did Good Morning <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> you know? Well, he did do Sphere, so... Yeah, but again, it's still, it's a yeah. this is a different a level thing, of yeah. ick. Yeah. yeah, it is grotesque. Oh yes, and uh, I wouldn't. I just didn't expect him to go there, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you uh, could say uh, this was done by an indie director who doesn't I have a name. You yeah. totally believe it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It went last night. I decided to not allow myself ties. Right. Up until last night, it was on the list. Is I think it might have been number thirty. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's an. I, I'm glad you gave it some airtime here because. It, it's, yeah, it, it is something else. And they use, you know, often the problem with some of these movies is they, they use the news coverage. And this is the big break for this young woman. Yeah, so that's why she keeps filming all of this stuff going on to try to, you know, improve her career. So I, I went along with the conceit uh, for a long time there. So. That terrified little girl who's just recording her experience at yes. the hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's such yeah. A Give him a horror yeah. movie and he'll he'll do it. Yeah. The only reason it's not on my list is because I knew you would put it on your you list. Because you knew it fucked with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and it fucked with me too. So that and so that was one of those ruthless. This is the only reason why it's not on yeah. my list. Well. Um, um, like, but it's good. It's in my honorable well, B sides, as I will call them. It's in there because I agree with this movie, and it, it takes a while on the ick factor. Oh yes, uh, but when it does happen, but you can feel it coming. Like you just, uh, um, even if you're saying it's boring from the wreck movies, I don't care. Um, the way it's it's playing the. Um, the structure of the movie and how it's shot and all the different media outlets in a lot of ways and the fact that she's one of them. Well, and it doesn't narrative. lock itself down to one camera perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's like somebody has assembled people's cell phone footage yeah. and yeah. security footage and mm -hmm. cop cam or yeah. body yeah. cams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they've just cut them together to yeah. show us this series of events. Yeah. And all of it is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Controversially, like, I prefer to the wreck. Movies. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I know um, the wreck movies have more of a horror following, but I but have this zombie problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that is the only reason. I just knew that you would be talking about it, so I just went, okay, that's why I'm taking it off. But I understand. Well, it's time to talk about your sweet sixteen, and we're about to be halfway through the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> What's your sixteenth? So, um, once a movie, this is the film that I went back and forth on, but when Dubray said he wanted to talk about it and I watched it again, I went, yup. Um, and that's Blood Quantum. <laughs> um, I, I, I really dug it. Um, and R.I.P., by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sad. Um, the, the director the, passed away very Jeff recently. Jeff Barnaby, yeah, who's also rhymes for Young Ghouls is also very, very good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's no, good. You could argue that's also a horror movie. It's more about... Um, uh, the effects of residential schools since we've already talked about it, right. but yeah, no, it's um, it's it's really good. This movie reminds me of a story I had with an, an uh, another you know, indigenous ed educator I had, and she talked about how you know once the buffalo had all been slaughtered and the just you know what was left of these people, and they sort of came across and begged for help. 
among the forts, and you know they scared away uh, all all the white people at one point. Not, not like they didn't deliberately do it. They were just you know horrified and thought they were coming to invade when they were like famished, dying for They're food, asking for help. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know out of anger, one of the person shot a bullet inside like the head police ch- or the head police chief's window, um, and that caused you know them you know when they came back to the actual fort to go and you know hunt them down and, and such like it was or at least arrest them arrest them excuse me these people uh, and they talked about how they were just begging for help please feed us and then there's a scene in there uh, where you know the movie jumped six months later and they bring in that family and that scene right there like it's it's done by a filmmaker who understands being colonized very well and he's flipping it deliberately to show what you know white people what would this be like yeah. Um, I think it's a bold movie. I, it's a, it's one of the best Canadian horror films, mm-hmm. right up there with Ginger Snaps. Um, well, and it's just heartbreaking because where would yeah. this guy have gone? Yeah, I yeah. Loved he could have been an Indigenous Cronenberg. I mean, I know his style of films and are different than Cronenberg's. It's overdue. Like the, yeah. that voice needs to yeah. be recognized in Canada. It feels like to me it should be on my list for that very reason. Like so many great zombie movies this this decade yeah it didn't quite make the list for me we are going to review it so i'm not going to spend too much time on it yeah exactly i also like that it still works as a visceral bloody zombie movie it's not a lecture i'm I'm not like being bombarded with white guilt while i'm watching this movie no no no. you're you're watching the actions happen and how they relate to the story and then you're seeing the work of a guy that loves the romero zombie films like and just and bloodthirsty. The yeah. gore is oh, it, it is oh. very <laughs> no, no, very gory film. Yeah, to be yeah. continued. What yeah. was your sweet sixteen, Debray? Mentioned before, but yeah, this one is one that I hadn't watched until preparing for the list, and I, I, I was recommended to me by a student, oh, probably nearly ten years ago now, and I, I didn't get to it until recently. But you're next, by Amber It is, it is a fun movie. Um, and again, we talked about the cameos and all that, and um, this uh, Sharni Vinson, uh, I think is the name, steals the movie for me that they everything in this plan, uh, which I don't want to spoil for those who haven't seen it. They were this is this is the the thing that they didn't count on is that the guy's girlfriend was a survivalist, and she comes up with immediately starts acting and and, and doing things. And I was kind of, what. Like, how does she know what to do here? And then we get her backstory. And then I am on side with her for the rest of the movie. I I think I was a little bit, as a a slight knock to the film, I was a bit ahead of it as far as some of the surprises later on. But I didn't care because I was having such a good time with this. yeah. Well, and if ever you found yourself frustrated with a, a, a survival girl who's constantly walking down slow, dark hallways to a noise to investigate yeah. or making decisions that make you go, what the fuck are you doing, girl? Shawnee Vincent never no. does that no. in the no. movie. She's always doing the right thing. Yeah. And yeah. the movies run on that engine instead of the opposite. Oh, and, yeah. and, and like the end, the last scene, and when, when she realizes what's going on, yeah. which I, I knew... It was happening. It was just like that. That reaction was brilliant. Yeah. Great performance, and they used this actor AJ Bowen yeah. in a in a is he or isn't he role. Yeah, and he's just played so many bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it kind of predictable. Books a little bit, but yeah. uh, love it. I'm going to be talking yeah. about it again. Yeah, I, yeah, and I I love the idea of you know it's a, the eat the rich type of idea. Oh yeah, we see yeah. he's super in. 
entitled people and yeah. and how that blows up in their face. And I, I, I believe, maybe not to this level, but something like this could happen. I mean, you hear these true crime stories about these families. So yeah. There's a line from Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen. You're not locked in. I, I'm. You're, uh, I'm not locked in here with you. You're in here locked, locked in, with, in me. With, with with me. Uh, and that's the th- thing. The thing that it takes a while for that family to realize <laughs> that they've entrapped the wrong yeah. person. She's not in as much danger as you guys seem to think. Yeah. That she is. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's a solid choice. Uh, I'm going to talk about another uh, tie for my next selection. And it's a good connection because Ty West has yeah. a supporting yes. role in your next. And Ty West directed two movies, one called The Sacrament. Yeah, I knew you. And be- one called The Innkeepers. No. Did you realize you forgot that one? No, <laughs> no, it was just one of the sacrifices. <laughs> it was a sacrifice for me. Innkeepers. Yeah. Was yeah. yeah. But, again, these two movies couldn't be more different. Yeah. I mean, they both feel like Ty West movies in that they both take their time and they Mm -hmm. uh, care a lot more about, like, making you feel things and get to know the characters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you before you even realize it, you have a knife in your stomach. Yeah. And then before you can complain about it, somebody is twisting the shit out of that knife (laughs) in your stomach. (laughs) You're just like, shit. Uh, it's funny because like the innkeepers almost is like it feels like daring you to keep watching it. Yeah. First half an hour, yeah. it is taking its sweet time, yeah. but yeah. it is very patiently setting shit up. Yeah. You just aren't aware of the setup that's happening as you're watching it. Yeah, and hopefully you're falling in love with the characters in that yeah. first half an hour because otherwise mm-hmm. it's going to be really slow going yeah. for you. But, yeah. Uh, Fantastic! Yeah, turn I, all the lights off. Yeah, turn all the sound I love the lead. Who? What's, what's the lead's name? Sarah Paxton or Pat Healy? Those are the Sarah Paxton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really liked her. I like um, Sarah. Paxton. Maybe number thirty, number thirty-five for me. I think yeah. you know it, it was yeah. really close to cracking the list. Well, there, but Ty West has finally seemed to be broken through this yeah. this X trilogy yeah. that he's working on. He's got the first two done, and the third one is uh, coming sometime after the. Oh, strikes. so there's another yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, I uh, love them. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love yeah. them. So. Uh, so there, X happens, then there's a prequel, and then there's another story happening after X. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Pearl, I yeah, yeah, I've talked to you about that, but yeah, <laughs> don't go on a fun the tangent. Sacrament, you will hear from. Okay, good. Me yeah. Well, I was going to say, Jason and I talked about the sacrament, like the cult episode. Yeah. I, I yeah. felt like uh, that was an amazing movie that nobody acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I don't yeah. hear people talk about it. That at central all. character from that actor from did the one scene role in uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Can't remember his name, but he's incredible in the movie. Yeah, and there are some deaths that take place in that movie, like that are hard. Gene Jones. Gene Jones. Thank yeah. you. Um, there's a guy who gets poisoned by a family member and a, a mother who tries to take out her daughter before the cultists can herself, and that yeah. just do not sit right. They're just like, what the hell did I watch? Yeah. So, Tyler, I've been a fan of his forever. I mean. I, I made you watch one of his early rough, rough movies yeah, called The no, Roost. You don't Once have to convince me about Ty West. Uh, and I get that, well, some people lose patience with him, 
but I'm on board oh, for no. Ty West. I if Ty West has made the movie, yeah. I'll watch it. His yeah. Western Happily. in yeah. the Valley of Violence. Oh, I yeah. A lot yeah. We reviewed that. I mean, I wish that was a horror movie so I could put it on the list. That was, that was, yeah. I kept thinking, oh. But I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dark as hell Western, but I had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. Ty West, Ty. <laughs> Innkeepers, Sacrament. Great choices. I, I have no excuse not to have the Innkeepers on the list. It, it, honestly, it, I looked at it last night again, because I knew I'd cut it out like seven days before, <laughs> thinking, am I seriously not going to have the Innkeepers on the list? Because I love it as a ghost story movie. Such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Once again, I thought, he's going to talk about it. So, it, like, But no reason. Not to be on this list. I love me some Ty West. Love me X. Uh, loved me the Sacrament when you used to show it to House me. House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Super solid. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it's just you even heard me when you mentioned. I'm just like I have no reason. No. House of the Devil's amazing. No. It's yeah. it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. It's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah. The Innkeepers. Mr. Beckman, what is your 15th ranked movie of the 20 teens? So if I'm honest with myself. Uh, I think this is the better horror movie uh, by Jordan Peele. Um, I love me some Us. I think it's a scarier movie than the other film that we're also going to talk about. Um, I also will freely admit that I, I, I have a very biased opinion on... You have a more than friend's crush on Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's spectacular I, I, in the I'm, movie, though. I am unashamed. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it was actually uh, that Little Monsters movie she yeah. did. I really found her charming in that one. Yeah, but uh, um, I, I, didn't I, I see think she's amazing in this movie. <laughs> her performance is, is, is uh, very outstanding. Strong. There's like it, it, there's there's a reason why I, I, I'm angry at the Academy. There's lots of reasons, actually. She was this close to a nomination. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Actors Guild people nominated her, but they were that close. I don't know why. But it was bizarre. It was us. Shut out. Yeah. Yeah. She us. gave two fantastic performances in that yeah, movie. In the yeah, in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> us is yeah. an amazing I, horror film. I, um, I think we'll be talking about Us yeah. more. But okay. Yeah. yeah, but Jordan Peele had already arrived, um, but this is his sophomore effort. God damn! Yeah, uh, I, it's. I think it's the better film, but I put his other movie, which we will be talking about. High expectations for a second film. Um, yeah. uh, higher for different reasons, but um, that movie scared me. I uh, really like Us, yeah. but it's one of three movies that I took off the list early. I'm a kind of a hypocrite because I made excuses for movies like Crawl, but yeah. there are three really popular horror movies, yeah. and I get why they're popular, and again, any other year that would be on my list, yeah. that have one element of plot point in the third act that turned me enough to keep it off the list. Okay. I don't want to get into it because I would hate to spoil Us for anybody who hasn't seen, seen it, yeah. Yeah. but I do have a little bit of a third act problem okay. with that particular picture. Yeah. Uh, but it's totally worth any horror fan's time and any fan of good acting. Yeah. I actually think the whole family, that whole family, Ooh, the yeah. dynamic, yeah. Mm-hmm. the dad is a really great goofy dad, but yeah. when he's trying to sort of prove to the others <laughs> that he's intimidating yeah. he's shit. not doing a great job <laughs> no nope. uh, but you cheer for him you like him yeah. and uh it's just well handled so yeah. uh no i have a lot of respect for us 
Get Out will be mentioned later on, but Lee is so disgusted with my opinion, he just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was trying to turn out a light as well, I uh, think, and save some... Uh, no, no. Uh, and you said yes, it'll be t- shown up for you. Uh, yeah, list. indeed, and I'm interested off off mic to hear your third act problem with okay. it, but... Yeah, so we're on to my 15? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, so number 15 was uh, alluded to, so this is where we, we're starting in on a film festival uh, surrounding a filmmaker named Mike Flanagan, and I'm starting with Gerald's Game, because you're right. How in the world could you create a feature-length film out of that premise? Yeah. Couple go to the remote cabin, they decide to have experimental sex, he has a heart attack, she is stuck in this bed, and that's what we got and in the and novel, it, it is she's, no, it's she's physical not naked, she's topless but mm-hmm. in the novel she's just in her underwear yeah. and she's yeah. handcuffed to this bed and that's where she is and then we're in her head for the book. rest of the movie absolutely in her head and somehow mike flanagan found a way to make this a and i'm sure it's not on your list because of the netflix thing but yeah. um, but that's the only reason it's not on yeah. my list it, it it it's remarkable what what he does and also like the acting carla Gigino. I have loved her since, you know, when she first kind of came out yeah. and, like, came... People started to pay attention to her in the 90s in independent cinema. And um, this this was a great role for her because, it, it, again, she was another kind of missing in action actor that Flanagan has... He really cast movies well. I think that's kind of the message at the end of um, all of the praise I'm going to give him in the next little while. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Greenwood... Solid again, another great and, and a Canadian actor where he's given a little bit more to do, yeah, than when he's given kind of a that guy two dimensional role in most of his Hollywood movie movies and, and roles. He must so. have liked him because he showed up in Doctor Sleep as well. He did as well, yeah, that's right. In those, uh, yeah, those, yeah. those meeting scenes. Well, I'm um, not going to fight that choice. No. Yeah, no, no. I. Uh, remember when that book came out he did a run of books in the early to mid 90s where it was all female centered main characters and it seemed like he was stretching himself and some of the you know blood hungry Stephen King fans were getting a little bit impatient with him Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I remember reading that book and really liking it but thinking here's a chapter about her flashback to watching an eclipse with her dad and here's a, a chapter from the point of view of a dog. Yes. And yeah. here's yes. a chapter, like, how do you even begin no. to approach yeah. this? And the character he creates, and I can't remember his name, but the the grave robber character mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is so haunting as described. And when you're first reading about him in the book and it's so horrible, it's compounded by her because she doesn't even know if what she's seeing is real. Yeah. We know what she's seeing is real, but she is so she's far no. gone at this point that she doesn't. Yeah. And it's really, really well done. I would have not imagined... Like, there are Stephen King things that haven't been adapted that make me scratch my head. Like why? why have we done, like, nine Children of the Corn movies, but we've never seen any version of The Long Walk? Like, what's going on? The girl yeah. who uh, loved, loved Tom, Tom Gordon. Gordon. Where's that yeah, movie? Yeah, I'd love like, to see that. Uh, but Or Decent Dark Tower. Yeah, you give know. us a good Dark Tower yeah. movie. Instead of remaking a bad version of <laughs> Pet Cemetery and then making a sequel yes. to that movie, how about tackling something fresh? And... 
This one, I would have totally understood them just leaving it the fuck yeah. alone because I wouldn't know as a writer <laughs> where to start. Yeah. What are we going to look at while we're watching this? It movie? has to be visual as well. It's a visual medium. Yes. And, yeah. and who are you going to cast to be naked on a bed for this whole Yes, movie? I know. Like, yeah. then, then the other thing is there's the tie-in to, in the novel to Dolores Claiborne. That's right. And, uh, I, I love the novel. I love the film of Dolores Claiborne. And I thought, well, surely he's not going to be able to do this. But he does have a, a connection there, which is... I mean, it's not that overt, but it's in there. If you want it and you've read the book, it's there for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was totally satisfying as a fan of King. Sorry, we feel like we were taking it. Have you seen it or do you have something to... Uh, no, I've seen it and I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 we already talked about the director and I'm just like, look, I, any of his movies, including Gerald's Game... Where you know should be on this list. I just decided to choose Oculus because it's the one that's. I'm glad you chose Oculus because there's plenty to choose from in his catalog. No argument there about Gerald's game or any of the films he's made during this time. Well, we spent a bunch of time on on Gerald's game, so let's be really quick for my next selection. (laughs) In 15th place is your next. For all of the reasons that you gave Mr. Beckman, the reasons you gave Mr. Dupre. It kicks ass as a horror movie, but it's got a real delicious dark sense of humor. Good enough. Yep. Uh, So we'll just hand it right over to you for your number 14th position. So we've also talked about this movie, and and, and special shout-out to Scott Derrickson, but I, I think he came out... I think he arrived with this movie... And you know any movie he does, I will go and see. And that's sinister. Bagul is a terrifying villain. I hate the jump scare at the end. We called it a mile away. I think it's like once again, Sinister is almost a, a perfect movie except for like one bad mm. decision. <laughs> and I and I, I I heard that the the studio actually sort of pushed it upon him. He should have stuck to his guns because everything is delicious about that movie. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. I think Ethan Rahak rules. I love, and I can't believe I'm forgetting the other cop, uh, that actor's name. Right, from It. Uh, the Rant Wire. Zone. Yeah, yeah. John uh, he's, he's great. Um, just like the 16mm the films or 8mm films, whatever he finds, there's some generally, it's the jump scares are so well made. And for like a Hollywood polished production with like yeah. familiar actors in it, uh, it, it, it's a lot darker than you expect oh, it yeah. to be. Yeah. There's a scene where his son, who has uh, night terrors and walks in his sleep, yeah. erupts out of a box. Yeah, it's creepy. And it's out of context. And you know something creepy's going on, but you're not expecting this little kid to unfold himself from this cardboard box yeah. and start screaming. And his father picks him up and carries him outside, which is a true detail, which I appreciated. They didn't make a note of it in the movie, but if someone's sleepwalking or in uh, having a night terror, yeah. somehow putting them outside will wake them up. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. body somehow clocks the change of the environment, and it yeah. takes them out of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's full of good details like that. Yeah, and I yeah. like it a lot. I've yeah. learned something. But there you go. Fun yeah, fact. Fun fact. I that's, didn't know that. That's edutainment. I don't have kids, so I don't. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Sinister is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Choice. Uh, okay. Continuing on with Mike Flanagan. Oh, this. Hush. Uh, yeah. Overperformed for me. I watched it in one of Scott Layman's um, October challenges. I think it was the one you know nearly two years ago when I watched fifty movies. I must have had a a month where I could watch a lot more than I normally could, and I was just like. 
why have I not heard anything about this movie? It is so good. I am a bit of a, a sucker for the, the psychological thriller. The home invasion movies really kind of bother me, too. But also this, like... Kate Siegel. Um, yeah, she's yeah, really good. She, really good. She, she kills it here. Um, it's literally and figuratively. Uh, playing, you know, this writer. It was, you know, deaf mute, I guess, would be the one of the, the terms there. And this guy just comes in. Played by, I didn't recognize it as John Gallagher Jr. Yeah, yeah. Until afterwards when I was looking at, like, who was that guy? Seriously, that's like the clean-cut guy from, you know, and... Uh, he's a great villain in this, and yeah. the the cat and mouse game, and the fact that like he he thought this would be easy, and she is right up to the task. Mm-hmm. I, I I I recognize that it's oh, not a perfect movie, but her turns. she you wanted to punch that character in the face. Oh, he's he's awful. amazing in it, and like he earns it. I wanted to go into the screen yeah. and punch that character. In the face, but yet, which is yet, what makes the payoff. But yet, so I, so I cheer for him in the Belco experiment yeah. so much, yeah. and I'm totally on side with him and feel horrible yeah. for him at the end, and cannot stand this guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how how you take, you know, a, I think this is maybe his secret ing- ingredient. And you've talked yeah. about James Wan's kind of like this too, a very familiar uh, subgenre, and you can almost make it seem new. With your approach, something something magic in the direction here. Um, I, 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 lo- I love this one. It had to be on my list, even though it's maybe not completely and totally a horror movie. Oh, no. But no, no, I think no. It's a horror The violence in no. the and situation. The level of tension. Is, yeah. yeah. I, there was a whole bunch of these sensory horror movies. I think Bird Box started it, but there was yes. this silence and and like mm-hmm. and this was so clearly the best of them that it kind of embarrasses the rest yep. of them, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, that John Gallagher Jr. performance, you're right, you hate him so much, but that in a weird way is what makes the movie work. Yeah, yeah. Shock and Awe, a movie that I very seriously considered for the list, but I just had too much sci-fi on it. Mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. John Gallagher Jr. and John That's Goodman right, and yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead in a box together. Yeah. It is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. no, no argument Another there. movie that, solid, that yeah. any, other, any other decade would be on mm-hmm. the list for me, but yeah. I just couldn't It was somewhere in my top... I, I want to say top 50 because there were just so many that yeah. I was considering. Yeah. Yeah, but, no no, no argument there. He's just been quietly super solid the yeah. whole decade. And yeah. like, he but will This pop. is not a guy that comes to mind right away, though. No. I, don't, I don't think... The but casting directors are like... I, I hope he gets the role which where people are like, oh, yeah. this guy's awesome. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, we've been saying that for a little while. No, I remember when I saw it, and right away, one of the first people I talked to about it was Lee. It was like, have you seen Hush? Because you probably should put it on the menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no. That's another one of them where there's like a half a dozen horror movies named Hush. Yeah. But this yes. is the one about... There was the, the Jessica Lang one in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. she's amazing in it, and well done, Mr. Gallagher Jr. <laughs> yes, yeah, no. He does a good job. In 14th position for me, roughly halfway through the list, it chapter one. You. <laughs> chapter two will not be appearing. Yeah. I have a real strong personal connection to the novel, mm-hmm. and I really wanted this movie to be good. And I do mostly really like it. Um, I, I find, like, again, the farther they drift away from the novel, the more yeah. I find myself getting frustrated with the movie. But the casting is impeccable. And if they had to update the movie, and I understand why they made that choice, yeah. they did a good job of updating the scares, you know. Uh, in the original 
book, Stanley gets scared by a mummy. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. this movie, it's this painting that comes alive in his dad's office. Yeah. And it saves, serves the same purpose, and it does the same job, and it's still the same movie, essentially. Yeah. They just did a good job of updating it. And when it's working, it's working really well. Uh, if there's a problem with the movie, and I thought maybe you guys would think it needed to be higher on the list, but we've already bumped into it once, mm-hmm. um, is the same problem that the book has, is that scene to scene, chapter to chapter, everything that happens in the movie is terrible. Yeah. Here's a scene of a girl being abused by her father, mm-hmm. and now there's a scene of a boy being bullied and having a name carved mm-hmm. into his stomach, mm-hmm. and here's a scene of a black kid being mercilessly raci- racially bullied. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it becomes oppressive, Mm-hmm. with the book and with the movie that yeah. there really is no safe place except for when the kids have a few moments where they're bonding and yep they're they're like, joking with each other I get that most the, there's some incredibly dark movies on this list but this is essentially to me about a monster that takes the form of a clown and eats kids mm-hmm. and yes. that is fucking dark enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so uh, I like it a lot, and uh, it is the the adaptation that we kind of deserved. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is the adaptation. It's not. Yet. It's not there yet. And what's something I didn't mention when I was showing it out? And it, I mean, this is meant to celebrate these movies, so like getting full review, nitpicky. But right. if we're gonna set it in the 1980s, I don't buy Georgie and seeing that clown and being okay uh, naive it. enough to to actually put his arm in there, you know, and that's the, basically the first scene of the film. And I'm like, okay, if, in the era of don't say no, or don't say, don't talk to strangers yeah. and all the videos and all, like all of this stuff. If it's said in the 1950s, I believe, oh, the circus is fun. It's for kids. This, this kid would just believe anybody who claims that they're a clown. Yeah. But, I believe there's a line that accounts for it in the book that they, they couldn't put in the uh, in the film, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But in the book, is you know, if Georgie was a couple of years older, he might have asked himself what a clown was doing in a sewer gra- yeah. drain and how he was able to even be standing with the current of the water. Yeah. But Georgie wasn't eight. Yeah. He was five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So. Uh, but uh, and if again. he's a sheltered five-year-old, maybe maybe yeah. I can. Yeah. But uh, again. I'm very familiar with the novel, and I think no matter how good it was going to be, I was going to find threads to yes. pull. Yeah. And I still, me too, I still made it on the list, still halfway through yeah. the list. So, yeah. yep. it chapter one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And maybe uh, uh, we could go honorary or mention to Mama because I do think Mama is good. Mama was on my list up until recently. Yeah, but I just yeah, yeah. it come on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, we'll be talking about it again. <laughs> talk about the most bizarre interpretation of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. And no, I'm not talking about the live-action Disney remake. 
that this came out. <laughs> I'm going to pause it for a second. I had never heard of the lure. Like, uh, mm. Jason brought this this to my attention, and it wasn't exactly easy to get my hands on. In fact, it was, like, right down to the wire. Am I going to be able to watch this before we do it? We had a backup plan, I so, think, but yeah. This is my first pass on the movie, and my first impression is this movie's out of its goddamn mind. <laughs> it's off its rocker in the best possible way. Yes. Like, I, I don't want to be mean about it, but, like... Like, my two-word review would be, holy shit. (laughs) It's, we got these two mermaid sisters that are sort of one person, but they sort of... Silver and golden, I think, yeah. That is their names. And uh, they decide they want to experience life on the land, and they become a couple of real (laughs) man-eaters. Literally and figuratively. You're not sure if they're going to fuck or eat these men, but both are on the table. And I haven't mentioned yet, it's also a musical. So, yeah. It's a Polish a language Polish film. Language mermaid sexy musical is. Although, sexy is the wrong word. I mean, there's lots of nudity and eroticism, but it's not super erotic to me at all. Like, it's like. There's just something it's too really, out there to be. Yeah, there's something so fucking bizarre about it. It actually reminded me of a movie. It's not like it, but it's just the insanity in it. Lee introduced me to this movie called The Last Circus, yep. which is just wall to wall insanity for like 90 minutes and just deal with it. And yeah. that's how I felt yeah. about the lure. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. at some point, stop trying to break this shit down and just take the ride. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to. There are moments that really stand out. There's a really disturbing operation scene oh, yeah. in the movie that I found really troubling. And, like, I hadn't, I'd been, like, knocked over, and this is really weird, but nothing had properly disturbed me. And then that happened, and I was yeah. like, holy fuck, movie. Well, and then she proceeds to have sex with him soon after, right? Like, right away. Yeah, yeah. like, she gets her... <laughs> Yeah, she, she gets her, she gets her parts. Yeah, yeah. And like, doesn't he have like blood all over his pants? I'm sort of. Right. Oh, yeah. She still has blood on her. From the, it's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's really, yeah. So they end up working at this brothel, both singing and servicing. It's a nightclub, men. sleazy nightclub. Or yeah. maybe nightclub. Maybe brothel is the wrong word, but like. It's an intensely sexual movie. I think we can fairly say that. Yeah. And that's part of the reasons they're they're coming out of the ocean to like let their fins down. Is <laughs> it? <laughs> You. Um, but at the end of the day, what I come down to and why it didn't make the list, although I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm happy. I'm all smiles. I'm glad I watched it. But yep. when I said with the wailing, "What is this movie?" I am confused. In this movie, I'm like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Like, thank you for existing. And now that I know it exists, I will happily spread the word. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here, but what is this? <laughs> and I don't have an answer, but I still have a smile on my yeah. face. Yeah. And I think that's the goal of the movie. I honestly, unless yeah. there's some, like, some element that I completely missed or there's something lost in translation really large, I think the goal was to entertain and bewilder. And if that mm-hmm. was the goal, mission accomplished. Yes. But as far as breaking this down, as far as answering what does it mean... I have no idea. <laughs> but one pass, so. Well, it's like The Little Mermaid 
went on a date with Moulin Rouge and That's they it. fucked and Evil Dead <laughs> and they all had a, like a threesome I, 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 I had it more strictly the, ballroom like okay, an early Baz Lerman yeah. yeah it's a dark fable fan- fantasy tale at the end of the day uh, I, I will give credit it, it is something that I don't think I've ever quite seen before I mean it is the Little Mermaid essentially Bonus for originality I guess uh, yeah wasn't quite sold on the musical part, like some some of no. it worked, some of it didn't. Yeah, uh, it, it is a musical. I do admire its originality in that sort of regard. I mean, usually horror musicals are either you know the, the cutesy little shop of horrors or the Phantom um, of the Opera. I, I, but I will agree that for me, the music sort of got to me towards at least the final act of the movie. Well, considering how nasty and, like, the whole lore of mermaids using their, their ability to sing this allure and everything yeah. like that, uh, it was much more poppy yep. uh, mm-hmm. than, than I was expecting. But, and again... And the, the juxtaposition... The lyrics are impenetrable to us. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I guess also, take no, it it's just the juxtaposition of here's this poppy love song and then we have this really graphic, <laughs> uh, really pedophilic scene because they look so young... They do, like, and, like, and, like, no that's hair. what I mean. Where it's erotic, and you're just like, like it's, Ooh. there's something really but, off. But yet, they're it. they're kind of their human form is like Barbie dolls. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we get the scene where the, we find the the you know, the pleasure hole, if you will, the vagina. They finally get the yeah, yeah. And it's graphically explored. Yeah, like but, the gloves are off in this movie for sure. But, but then, the, like the two. The two mermaids kind of separate and have different ideas. Uh, Trident shows up as a yep. kind of a screamo type of uh, singer and, and gives warnings of the danger that happens here with getting mixed up with humans. Um, I guess it was supposed to be kind of a mix of the Little Mermaid, ad, but they were also referencing the sirens, and you know, and yep. and that's where all the singing came from. But then they kind of had the excuse of this really sleazy nightclub which apparently the filmmakers friends well, I, did, I just read the filmmakers friends are like all of the singing was was these two sisters who were friends of the filmmakers and they performed in that actual club and had some you know this was an homage to them as well so they threw that in with it there's a lot happening but it is a, like a made by um crazy people <laughs> and I also rem- I don't remember the name of this director an Australian director who did the movie The Castle um, and I guess a little bit of like, like the, the heavenly creatures like you know the madness it, of that in th- like movie. all of that madness and the, the, like those really ambitious independent uh, out of the American system filmmakers uh, kind of in the like late 80s and early 90s, it felt like that kind of energy from those Polish filmmakers throwing everything in the kitchen sink. And I, I really was just like, hey, I looked at the year. This is a criterion thing. That I'm, you know, I subscribe to this service. I'm going to take a look at this thing. I was just like, what have I just watched? I mean, for me to be shocked and see something completely original. 
and I thought either I'm I'm going to suggest this to you two, and you are going to despise me <laughs> because it was so painful, or you were going to be like, no, no. "Wow, this is so unique." I liked it. To be- I liked it. I don't think I was ever terrified in the film, but I was no. definitely intrigued. But you got the gore. I mean, you got yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't sold as much on the musical end. I will say that, but yeah, there was, that's fair there's, enough. There's enough madness in the movie that I did quite enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I even love sort of like the body horror Cronenberg esque element yeah. to it as well. That's what I was yeah. going to say because the body horror didn't get really represented very much, and there was some decent ones. There's Excision and American Mary, yeah. and Bite, and there were some interesting ones in in the decade. Um, but like I say, I found. That surgery sequence really troubled. Oh, oh, it is. <laughs> I just did it, not like it. Well, the it. last it half an hour is really off the rails. Oh. you know, from that to the to the love scene to sort of the climax on the on the boat, which you, oh. know, you should. I mean, you should have seen coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is still following loosely the structure of. Uh, yeah, in in a way, you know, it really yeah is. It didn't have two mermaids, uh, to my knowledge, and hence Christian Andersons, but. It also had this showgirls level effect of actually like inuring me to the nudity after a point. Yeah, yep. like yeah. it's Where just it's too much so omnipresent a lot. that it stops to mean anything. It loses its yeah. power after a point. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if that was deliberate, well, the, but it, it well, the guy was who wrote happening. the script uh, at least had worked in in one, and this was so, you know he had a lot of a uh, lot of his experiences put into this movie. What it was like. I imagine, you know, he was very much present to, you know, bringing these like, young girls in and have them looked over as if they were chopped meat. Well, and, you know, I, the metaphor of, like, them coming out of the ocean to explore the world and sow some wild oats, like, that's the, you know, young ladies coming into full blossom wanting to get out mm-hmm. onto the nightlife and yep. experience their sexual adventures yeah. under the, on their own terms, unsupervised. And, uh... Yeah, there's an element of frighteningness to that, but these women aren't vulnerable. In fact, no. like they are they're, much more a threat to anyone else. They are the predators. <laughs> yeah, the ones yeah, who exactly. seem like they're going to be, you know, it's it is reversed. I think there are meant to be some feminist themes in here for sure, and dealing with misogyny and even putting put on display, and then they embrace that after a while uh, when they realize the power that they can have over over humans. My favorite performance is. Uh, Michelina Ozenska, who played Golden, okay. um, that was the more interesting character to me, as opposed to the other, who who fell in love with the boy mm-hmm. and you know would be the traditional kind of this is the the Disney Little Mermaid character that we're following. I I found her arc a lot more interesting, where she's concerned about her her sister. And that interesting way that they communicated to each other with those sounds and and there's just a lot of kind of a bit of a telepathic thing between them. But I thought that was very well executed and kind of going on her own journey, discovering what this human world is like was very effective. Um, The section where I got a bit mixed up, uh, and there probably are many sections where I get mixed up, is like what, 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 credits the, in the end credits. Yes, there's there yes, for sure. <laughs> but there's a a bit in the middle where uh you know this show business family that discovered them and then they're they're living with and then we start to see the abuse of the father 
in there and then there's like this huge attack scene and revenge scene but then it's all kind of for naught. I got a little bit lost in that part and there's a bunch of musical numbers kind of interspersed in there. That section of the film is probably why I held back on putting it on my list. As much as I wanted to have a weird movie like this on my list, it just... It does seem to sometimes pack itself with stuff mm -hmm. instead of plot. Yeah. Like, uh, and then this happened, and yes. then this happened, but yeah. it's And let's not... sing about it for a little while exactly. in a montage, and then I think the, we're moving to the next thing. you might be having trouble with the music is because, uh, at least in the version I watched, it wasn't translating the music. Like, it was a music number. The dialogue was being translated, but the music wasn't. Oh. So I think was, I I think I had the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, if the music was furthering plot, then I missed something, but I I didn't necessarily catch that. But that's a problem because usually in a musical or at least a good musical, the story doesn't stop for a song. The yeah. song tells you a story. Mm -hmm. It pushes yeah. a plot point. Yeah. And that's not always the case here. Sometimes yeah. it just feels like another song. It, Sometimes it felt like I'd, I'm looking at the lyrics, if I recall correctly, and it's been a little while. It 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 is the the two mermaids kind of trying to make sense of what's happening and talk, you know, kind of talking to each other about the warnings and 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 the danger or what they need to do, and in this and that, or they're just like show numbers for from the stage and front of like the audience of the. Kind of the sleazy people who reach out to if touch the tails and do those things. You'd think they'd be really good for like strippers or for like getting mm -hmm. people to yeah. inspire them to take their money out of their pockets, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's interesting how they are identical creatures, but their paths are so very yeah. divergent. Yep. Um, so I can appreciate that about it. But no, I think th I, I like a mad movie. Like I, yeah. I, I am all. I'm not for sorry. I saw movie. it, and like I said, I I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. I, I think the one element that made me keep it off the list is just I didn't dig it as much as yeah. the the musical end of end of it. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought that'd be the hardest sell. I did a yeah. podcast with my buddy Matt recently, and we talked about how a lot of the we were doing retro movies that so movies don't have personality anymore. <laughs> like yeah. they don't mm -hmm. have like the this individual vibe where you feel like. I don't know how healthy this is. This came out of someone's broken mind, but yeah. they they got their movie made and good for them. And that's what this feels like. Yeah. Like it's not. I don't think fully formed. I really feel like even if I understood all of the songs and understood every corner of the movie, it would still be essentially mad. Yeah. But it would still be essentially worth your time. Yes. Like it's just yeah. like again, wow, wow. Uh, it's a little bit uncomfortable. No, no, it's an ugly uh, movie. <laughs> you put your finger on something when you talked about the pedophilic angle. Like, yep. there's something about the way they're portrayed that make them oh, they're, feel they're, like the they're, they're, they're not innocent and they're not young, but they look like young. Oh no, they, they look very much yeah, like especially the children. beginning. Like they yeah. are sexualized immediately, which based on the essay I quickly read before, just to remind myself, right. before we started talking oh, about this, an, uh, that it was uh, very uh, intentional uh, that they sexualized them and that they looked as young as they did. And that definitely hurt make, the impact of the eroticism. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But it, it played into kind of the, the themes around uh, the misogyny. Um, and so...
I, I think there's a lot. <laughs> this, this is one that has a lot of stuff in it. It's shorter um, yeah. it, it, than you know some of the the, the movies that uh, that we're talking about, like The Wailing. Yeah. But it packs a lot of stuff into their well, their short running time. And like they're more than willing to make a meal out of anybody in the audience. Like they mm-hmm. feel like they're the ones under threat, but they're not. It's the other way around. So there is a brain in there too. Like I, I don't know. You yeah. know there's yeah. something there. Yeah. So I do believe it's uh, number 13. Yeah. All right. So at number 13, um, I think this it is by far the most financial, successful horror film series of this decade. And this one started it all. And it, it also sort of really, sh- you know, James Wan arrived at, with this movie. Um, and that's The Conjuring. Um, not all the films in The Conjuring universe are good. In fact, there are more sort of meant to bad uh, films but this you know started the whole universe that we're that we're getting now and will continue to get um i love the 70s aesthetic mm-hmm. that they were going for that that opening crawl with the with the font and everything um even though i know that ed and lorraine warren are kind of frauds maybe not who knows i think of they're the sort of the great horror film superheroes um, I think it is. I, once again, he knows how to use the foreground and the background with the mm-hmm. shots. It is so well edited, and he knows how to use the scares. You could say some of it's contrived, but mm-hmm. goddamn the Conjuring! I get it. I get it. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I think aesthetically, I prefer the sequel just because a it's in England and it's set at Christmas. Yeah. And those two things give it a different kind yeah. of creepy vibe yep. to me. Yeah. Um, but I do resent the lionization of the Warrens or the saint yep. making of the Warrens because mm-hmm. they weren't kind of con artists. They're con yep. artists. Yeah. And she might have been a sweet old lady and like, you know, nobody wanted to like call her on it. But I'm sorry. I, we've grown up in an age and I've rung the spell many times before mm-hmm. where when you, when we grew up, the History Channel talked history, and the Music Channel played music, yeah. and uh, the Learning Channel was educational. But for decades now, that hasn't been the case, and I am increasingly resenting this. This is a true story. the the mm-hmm. The Warrens are heroes, saints, really, that need to be celebrated. Yeah. No, Honestly, fuck. Off. I get it. These are jump scare movies. Yeah, they're formula movies, and these ones are incredibly well made. They p- 
one or two of them probably should have been on this list. But uh, that was enough of a reason for me to take it off the list. And the fact that they are so reliant on the 70s that it almost feels like it belongs more to a 70s list than it does to a 20s. Sort of. And that's what I liked about it is the 70s thing. Yeah. it was a distant, distant runner-up. I after a while, I was kind of like you. I was like, I'm not sure all these Bloomhouse. I mean, I'm they're just, fine. Yeah, I'm just not sure I want to put it on there. But it's the '70s aesthetic I liked about it, and I I, I did like kind of like connecting to Amityville, uh, and but it, it goes back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre with uh, this is based on a true story right. da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. Da, with this deep voice oh we're creeped out already and this really happened and then we watch kind of a, a standard and very well made yeah. very well directed very well acted film but it's but in that case I they're just, talking about Ed Gain and the comparison is so grey that yeah, it's not even yeah. really there it's like Fargo saying it was based on a true story it's almost trolling you that yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me as much but this is a different thing. This, this is, is saying that these two people who made their living lying to people mm-hmm. and who had really bad things like like if you weren't Christian enough for them, they wouldn't help you. And if you asked a hard question of them, then Ed would oh lose God. his temper and then later send you a letter apologizing saying it was his diabetes that caused him to yell at you. But really, you asked him a question he didn't have a good answer for. And yeah. you can watch old interviews and watch this happen. Yeah. And these movies are bullshit and I know they're bullshit and you know that they're bullshit but the way they present themselves and the way people take this shit in Mm -hmm. like someone somewhere is like saving money to make a fucking statue of these assholes right now I'm sure because of these movies and that pisses me off I I, I think I'm going to steal one of your lines is Hollywood Hollywood has never gotten in the way uh, of you know the truth when telling its story (laughs) Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. It's yeah. a tale yeah. as old as time. But, yeah, and The Conjuring uh, is, a, is a fine example. And they that. are good movies. I do want to keep coming back to that. I just yeah. chose to disclude them. No, nope, fair enough. And believe it or not, Annabelle nearly made my list, too. Oh, really? Like, I mean, yeah, first that, that, yeah it, it creeped me out enough. I, I really didn't expect that at all. So I'm not surprised it's not on your list. I, I, I you know, that That's another reason why I thought, fuck it, The Conjuring is going to be on it. <laughs> it's the safe, popular choice. Um, I feel like Sinister kind of represented for it. Yeah, in a way. I have a few safe, popular choices in this last so, half that we're going to be hearing. But, but yeah, no, no, The no, Conjuring. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm kind of moving on to again another been mentioned already with another film, but uh, I'm going with Robert Eggers' The Witch. Um, I think I liked The Witch a lot the first time I saw it, but I didn't quite know how to process it. Um, and it's such a slow burn and there's all of these little hints about how horrible it is this summer being at my lake and i had to hide down in the basement uh and i got a projector for my birthday oh right on. um nice. and so i found like a blank screen and so away from the family i had to end up watching this in parts because it got a little bit too loud you know things like that um but I rewatched The Witch, and it was so effective. If you can project it or have it on a big screen and have the sound and, and, and everything and just see every detail of this framing, it is well worth it, you know. Um, so it, it it's still it's one I'm thinking about. It didn't quite crack the top ten for me. Right. Um, but I, I think it, it, it kind of had to be on the list. Anya Taylor-Joy 
fantastic. And then she, she herself talks shit about her performance in that movie, and I don't she, get it. No, I she's think good. She's awesome. She's young. Yet. She's yeah. young, but I don't. I don't know. I and think it's one of those things. She when might, you're young, you just have a hard time watching yourself. Maybe. Yeah, yeah like, it's I an insecurity. Really she'd make different choices now that, and she's in like every second movie that's released now. But and I really like her. Uh, this Ralph Innocent, as well as the father, like he was actually a bit more of a presence to me the first time I watched it. Um, to the point I forgot that Taylor Anya Taylor Joy was the girl that that was in this movie. But I remember I remember this guy, and he's he's so set on his religious beliefs. But yeah, they've been kicked out of that community, and um, how that's part of the undoing of his family. And this is a movie again, not afraid spoilers, not afraid to kill kids. Yeah, and yeah. it is, it's just the, the last few minutes are are weird and interesting, and I am still trying to process even all these years later. So well, it sounds like I ended up ranking it higher than anyone else because you said it's not on your list. Like, mm. So uh, I, the, that I guess I'm a little bit surprised. Um, but I love the shit out of the witch. Uh, I get why people have trouble with it. I mean, on top of it being an incredibly slow burn, yeah. it's got this very formal period language. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it's all—it doesn't sound Shakespearean, but it has that same sort of distancing level to it to people yeah. who are not used to that. And it can buck, uh, you know a casual viewer off pretty quickly. But if you get enraptured into the spell of this movie, yeah. it's pretty yeah. special. Yeah. And it, it, I think, in a way, it was so good, it hurt my enjoyment of The Lighthouse. Because mm. it was just like, mm-hmm. what else you got, dude? Yeah. Like I said, I need to give The Witch another day in court. I started it too late, and, and my eyes started to droop. Well, um, the thing yeah. I missed upon repeat viewings, which Matt Risling pointed out to me, is yeah. the ergot poisoning. Yeah, it was a very common type of infected crop that you could get at the time, yeah. Yeah. and it would cause hallucinations if ingested. Mm. And <laughs> it's there in the movie if you look for yes. it, you can see it. And uh, so, I think there is a witch. Like mm. they implicitly show you right away that there is a witch, yeah. but there's a lot of other things going on in this movie. So. Yeah, I, and I like the Northman. I'll, a lot more than some people. I'm excited about what he does next. Yeah, I just don't. Too. I just don't. Uh, Nosferatu. He is. That's that is what he's going to be doing next. Yeah. Okay. That's. I know that's been kind of a dream project. I'm curious to see what he does with that. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm completely sold on him, like I am with with Flanagan and yeah. a, a couple other Ty West. But he is a very interesting original filmmaker on one hand you know i i respect that you're going to make your movie on another hand there is something particularly about the lighthouse but even a little bit about the northman obtuse about it like Mm -hmm. there's something that he's almost trying to buck off his audience he doesn't want to be for everybody you know yeah and respect (laughs) why be for everybody yep make your movie um here's an incredibly larry pick (laughs) Alrighty. The Shallows. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I love shark movies. I, I am not ashamed of it. And sort of, it, it it's in the same corner as Crawl, but it's not as goofy and as broken as Crawl is as far as yeah. asking you to stretch your level of, of disbelief. Yeah. yeah, the shark has a entire dead whale that it could be eating, and in the real world, that's what it would be doing. But yeah. this is a monster movie, and it's going to do everything it can to eat this incredibly beautiful <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, 
I have a lot of fun with it, and it's a movie that I can watch a lot. And I think that's what got its place on the list, and as high as it is, is like, I've seen it several times, and I will see it several more times. Yeah. And the best CGI shark in film. Yep. Ever. Yep. And I wish I had seen it to get ready for this show, yep. but I just... The shark yeah, looks fucking fantastic. Oh. Yep. Uh, it is a monster movie. If you oh, want to yeah. say, would a shark do that? No. The yeah. answer is no about 100% of the time. Oh, yeah. But was I chewing my hand the whole time I was watching the movie? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And uh, is that actress Blake uh, Lively yeah. beautiful? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she is. Lucky Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just a blast. And sometimes I want a horror movie that's fun. Sometimes I do not want to feel emotionally devastated at yes. the end of the movie. Yep. I don't want to cry myself to sleep. <laughs> I want to have a good time at yes. the movies. Yeah. So if, you. If nothing else, I think The Shallows is a fantastic time at the movies. Yep. It had to be on the list for yep. me. Yep. Oh, we're talking about the shallows later. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I should watch the it. shallows. Damn it! Yeah, yeah it's, 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 written it down. And again, it's uh, not an easy movie to make. Nope. Like uh, half of it was shot on an actual beach, and half of it was shot on a soundstage, yeah. and it's seamless. Oh yeah. How is it like deep water? Is it at that, that level? Well, like the movie, I mean. Yeah. Open, you mean open water? Open, open water, water. Sorry, not deep water. Open yeah. water. Oh, well, it's a much more polished professional yeah. movie. It's the guy who did the remake of House of Wax. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I like. Which I like too, actually. And he has pays a lot of produ- uh, attention to production design. Yeah. And it's just a really well made movie. Yeah. And it's lean. Yeah. Like it's it's just a lean movie. It it, it never really it does slow down because it really sort of sinks in to the environmental challenges that the character has to deal with. But she's on a tide clock. She's yeah. on a tidal clock. She premises, she's surfing, she comes across this dead whale, knows right away that's a bad thing, and as she's trying to surf away, she gets hit by the shark yeah. and ends up on this rock. It's too far for her to get to shore, but as the tide comes out, the rock is going to get smaller. Or yeah. When the, with the tide originally, they, she got more room, but as the water comes back in, she's losing. Yeah her safe place yeah and yeah other surfers showing up and yeah, yeah. Just, it's a bunch of fun check yeah, it out it, so it, it, I it, assumed it, everyone had seen The Shallows Jason. I, sh- I should have I should The Shallows have. is great we will be talking about it later alright well what's your next pick Mr. Beckman so we've all talked about this movie uh, and I think it is the quintessential horror novel of the 21st century and that uh, and that is It Chapter 1 yeah Andrew Machete, I think, I I enjoyed a lot of the changes he made from the original text, uh, except for the one where they have to rescue the girl at the end. I thought that was kind of cheesy. Um, and in, yes, I agree that it chapter two doesn't, it, while good, does not hold a candle to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, and I can understand the changes of things he didn't put in the movie from the book. Yeah, sometimes I could. Sometimes I couldn't. Yeah. Anytime they had an opportunity to show Pennywise killing more people and they didn't, I was confused. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a three-hour movie, yeah. and yeah, like um, maybe one day they'll do a full-blown miniseries where they put everything in. I mean, the turtle's not even really in it, and I can understand no. why because it's such a. But Henry and his buddies. Yeah. In the novel, Henry and his buddies chase the kids into the sewers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't plan to go fight Pennywise that day. They were yeah. kind of chased into the sewers, and yeah. it yeah. ended up happening. Yeah. And. Pennywise picks off 
the Bowers gang before yeah. he goes after the losers. And yeah. I personally would have loved to see it. Yes. <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. Uh, I think the cast is very, very strong. Um, once again, it's one of those movies that it feels sort of like the, that 80s Amblin kind of feel to it. Very deliberately so. Yeah, I liked, you know, the the, 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 does, the Freddy yeah. Krueger posters and all the little you know, you know, sort of in-jokes. And even though I knew the jump scare was coming, because I saw it with you, <laughs> uh, when the slideshow thing, like right. when, when it, right. th- that quick little jump scare and Pennywise has wolfed out, I fucking howled. <laughs> and then I was embarrassed. I think I yelled, fuck me. <laughs> um, but god damn that movie. And I'm so glad that it was just this... It, well, obviously this uh, this generation of people, like multi-generations of people, have a you know deep love and affection for It Chapter 1. I think It'll that go is, down as a classic horror yeah, movie. Like, I really do think, I think that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one will. I'm curious what the reassessment of chapter two will be like. yeah um yeah no it's it is one of those films that will be all, will always be talked about my love remains large for it yeah mm-hmm. anything else to say about it jason yep no. all right well what's your next choice then brother this is a reassessment i reviewed this on your show but i was reviewing it kind of with a bit of um for lack of a better term a, a handicap and that I couldn't get the subtitled version of it. And so I reassessed A Girl Walks Home Alone Yay! at Night. Anna Lily Amapur. Yeah. It's the director. Yeah. Um, love the look Things of made way more sense. I love the spaghetti western aesthetic. Um, the, the relationships made a lot more sense. I mean, I, I just loved it visually when we reviewed it. But I was missing some key plot points and it, it really stayed with me uh more bad city what a what a great location um yeah and like uh uh she, i love sheila she vand uh fantastic and then this arash morandi yeah I, I don't think i gave him enough credit the first time i saw it and like i saw like everything that's weighing on this guy throughout the film um, you know, I mean, it's an interesting character, interesting performances. I'm still reconciling the end of the film, but the end of the film, oh, it, it ends. It's it, 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 yeah, and I'm saying it's about perfect as far as reconciling in the sense that this is the perfect ending for it. Yeah. But I'm still processing like I want to go back again and see it again and again to try to um figure out because so much is in silence and subtext or they're playing the record and listening to this amazing music i mean it is it is a brilliantly directed film and the style and I'm glad i went back to it the style and the look of the film to me is the strength i didn't connect to the uh, romance in it as much as i was supposed to and i know that i'm in the minority of this but as a director uh, and i've watched her other film um it's like this post-apocalyptic cannibal movie, which the name of it escapes me right now. Uh, and I felt very much the same way. I like the vibe of her movies, but mm-hmm. I'm not as big on the stories that she's telling, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bad Batch was the name of the yes. other one. Yes. Um, she's a very interesting director. Yeah. I get it. I get why people like the movie. I, I liked the movie. I just didn't love it enough to yeah. put it on the list. Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah. I remember after we, we reviewed it, you said Lee's going to be mad when he hears this episode back. Yeah. But I kind of. <laughs> I knew that Lee was a big fan of it yeah. too. So 
Uh, it will, and I, I'm brought it back. We'll hear, we'll hear about oh, it we're talking about it. Yeah, okay. I, I'm okay. sure it would be on your list. So. Yeah. Nope, solid choice. Okay, well, I don't know if this is like a, an obscure call or not, but it goes back to the found footage, and um, it's called Gonjiam, okay. Haunted Asylum. Okay. I'm going to give an honorable mention to a Canadian-made film called Grave Encounters. Yeah. Which is very much similar to this. Yeah. And there's another haunted hospital movie called Hell Staten, which is, again, all three of the movies could basically be the same. Gonjiam gets the edge because... It's uh, a bunch of internet uh, entertainers, what do you call them, uh, personalities that are going to this legitimate haunted place, much like Session 9 used a real location. This location is real. And he's got all of his different uh, people wired up with their own camera. So they're going to explore different areas of this place and we're going to cover their point of view. We also know that they have to sneak into the place because there's a security force there so they got to dodge the security. And as it gets slowly revealed, there are people among the production that are there setting up little false scares and booby traps as insurance policies yep. to make sure that people get scared. And the first 45 minutes of the movie is like setting up this like elaborate, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it, um, and uh, these are who our characters are. Yeah. And the first time I was watching the movie, I was get, I was liking it. I was intrigued. This is a different approach, and we have lots of angles. We're not trapped in one camera, Blair Witch style, right? Yeah. But where are they going to go, and is it going to go full bore? And much like Grave Encounters did, when the worm turns in oh, this yeah. movie, oh, yeah. it becomes terrifying. Yep. <laughs> terrifying. And there's a scene where a, a, a woman, you know something bad's happened, and you know she's going to turn around, she's going to look different, and she's going to say something that scares you, but you're not prepared for what she looks like, and you're not prepared for what comes out of her mouth. And it's found, well, not found footage, uh, forced perspective, and you have the subtitles to deal with. <laughs> so there's a lot of layers of separation, but it's, again, an amusement park ride of a movie. Boo! Ah! Now what's gonna happen to this poor bastard? Boo! Ah! (laughs) And, uh, it's it's a ride. It's an experience. And that's what the best found footage can bring to you. So, Gonjiam, Haunted Asylum. It's not as well-known, I think, on this side of the ocean, but Mm -hmm. as far as found footage ghost movies go, I'm gonna say it was the best one of the decade. (laughs) And I really love Grave Encounters. Like, yep. I, I, I do. I know that it's kind of a goofy movie. Yep. But I genuinely enjoy watching it. Like, before I saw GM, I would have assumed that Grave Encounters would have found a way on the list. But yep. GM knocked him off. Yep. I hadn't even heard of it, so there you go. Check him out. Yeah. And I obviously haven't seen it. But okay. I put it in... <laughs> No, I love me some Grave Encounters. Well, I didn't want our list to be the same, so that was yeah. a good pick. Then. Yeah, I love me some Grave <laughs> so Encounters. I have not heard of this film. I'm sh- I believe you. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, Grave Encounters did not make my list, but uh, spoilers. That's in my honorable mentions. Well, those guys, the Vicious Brothers, as they call themselves, they yeah. did a, a zombie movie called It Stains the Sand Red. Yeah, and a, a sort of a dark, dark thriller. Um, what keeps you alive? Yep. Again, like very solid. They could be included on this list, but yep. there just wasn't room for them. Yep. Yep. That's you, Beckman. All right. So we've talked about this movie at number already. <laughs> 11th place. 11th place. Uh, the Shallows. Yay. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> once again, I was not prepared to how much I, 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 I love this movie. I saw it in the theaters and was like, whoa. Because, of course, I love And I, you already had me at Shark Movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that, you know, I, I thought, okay, Open Water's terrifying. Jaws is the classic. But, wow, the shallows. It is very well shot. The director, Jaume Collet Sarah, I'm sure, I hope, I'm hoping I'm saying that uh, correctly. Um, you know, he also, you know, has a love affair with Liam Neeson action movies, but whatever. <laughs> um, I really like The House of Wax. Um, and Blake Lively. Is it's t- her show. And it's her show, and she knocks it out of the yeah. park. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of. I kind of wish she had a bigger career. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. She was good in the town as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, she's she's really good. She's really good. Um, Gossip Girl or whatever wasn't there. A big I, break n- I have yeah. not watched one never, second of her show, but no, yeah. I've watched three seconds of that show. Maybe I felt even. like this. This was my introduction to Blake Lively, and yeah. she did make an impression. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, loved the last 15 minutes of that movie when she, she's just they're just trying to kill each other, both the shark and her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. The Shallows is great. We've talked about it. It's awesome. It's also a short movie. I think it's 87 some minutes, something like that. Like, it's go, 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 go. And it's entertainment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I agree. What the shark does would not happen, yeah. especially when the time... Okay. Yeah. Think of it as a monster movie if yeah. it bothers you. If yeah. the shark thing bothers you, just think of it as a monster yep. movie and all of that will disappear. Yep. So The Shallows. Your 11th place. My 11th. Just um, shy of the top This 10. is one where I was all over the place to the point where I thought at one point it might not make the list because of my experience the first time seeing it, yet I loved so much of it, and then I was like, what went on in the third act? I'm now still trying to figure out what goes on. I'm down to the last scene, but revisiting Hereditary, I had to, you know, I knew it was one of the ones I had to revisit because it's one that has to be on the list, but it deserves its spit spot on the list, and I put it above some movies I'd, I'd say I like better, but it is it is so well made. Ari Aster, this is another of the name we, we haven't been well, we'll talk mentioning about as far as, like, this is an important name. new ish filmmaker. He's made and two amazing films and a third one. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I haven't seen the third one, so yeah, I'm look, looking forward to it's, that it's might something. be an agreement. So um big step up from my and all along I love Tony Collette. Yeah. Um where I thought the movie kind of went wrong is when we we start to lose Tony Collette towards the end. The end. Mm-hmm. Um but it watching it again and watching all the foreshadowing and the hints kind of knowing where we were going to go and also seeing his other films and some of his his huge focus on uh, mother-son relationships and cults like I started to kind of get more of what was going on here my first time I was just going along on this this is one of the greatest horror movies and movies and of all time and then what just happened? I was kind of like this quasi over the top Rosemary's Baby type of thing happens towards the end, and I I just did not ho- know how to process it as well as the last shot of the movie. I am now ninety five percent of the way with this one. Okay. It cut. It would have cracked my top ten list if I if I can Reconcile figure out what it. goes on from that that. The, the key death of one of the great characters in the movie uh, 
onward um, when that character gets burned up in and mm-hmm. you know and we go from there but the cast anytime you can have Gabriel Byrne in your movie you're, you're set it was Wells Tony Collette obviously but Gabriel Byrne kind of gets forgotten about in this to the point where it's like oh yeah he's the husband in this movie but he, he has a scene where he breaks down in this movie which might oh, be the best piece of acting it of is his amazing career. yeah it and, is, and he does get forgotten when people talk about this movie. It was almost an afterthought when I reviewed it that I brought him up. I think I said when I reviewed it that Hereditary hurt me, and right. I, I mean that. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, like, I can't compliment it enough. Like, it, uh, very few movies have gotten under my skin the way Hereditary did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is so wall-to-wall unpleasant that it's going to hurt my repeat viewings of it. I think if you haven't seen it, it's a movie you should see. And strangely, I think a lot of the problems that you're having with it will be solved upon repeat viewings. It it does. But I get how... Let's throw on Hereditary. Won't that be a blast? Right? Like, it is the destruction of a family in slow motion. And the... and we start off, like, we already have this loss and this grieving happening, even though it's a complicated thing, but the shock, because all of the promotional material was around that... Little girl. Little girl, that very strange-looking girl, and we see kind of what happened. And I, because I didn't hear anything, I didn't read anything before, this is now my policy, I'm just trying to watch the movie fresh. I, I was absolutely shocked, and the, the movie had me... And, and, and you had me, but then you went in this completely different direction, which I think the first time I resented, this time I accepted, and I think the third time I watched this, I might relax even more, but I still want to figure out what those that last scene is fully about. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm quite there yet, so... Well, I mean, I've got some dark movies in my top top ten, and and yes, Hereditary will be talked about in my yeah. top ten. But uh, I I've, I was valuing fun. This is how Gonjiem and Shallows ended up that high on the list yeah. for me because I, as much as I can enjoy a movie as devastating as Hereditary, yeah, the ones that I'm going to come back to are the mm-hmm. ones that I have fun with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 11th place for me, it's funny that you had a controversial 11. I feel like this is a controversial 11 because this is supposed to be in the top 10. It's Get Out. Yep. And I really like Get Out. And I, when I was talking earlier about like Twilight Zone episodes, this is like the Twilight Zone episode movie mm-hmm. to me. Like I think it's really good at being about something and being a horror movie. But the sort of satire and the social consciousness of the mm-hmm. movie, I think, does take away a little bit from the scares. Yeah. It's an incredibly smart, incredibly well-acted, and incredibly engaging movie. But it's not as scary to me personally. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, again, if I was African-American, I would be more affected by mm-hmm. it. Or like uh, maybe if I, again, it's just the right movie on the wrong day. Yeah, uh, I couldn't find room for us on the list personally. Yeah, and again, I guess we can get into that off of the the record. But it's an amazingly well directed movie, and as far as directors that we have discovered, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Jordan, Jordan Key and Peele, Peel. yeah. Yeah. Key and Peele, yeah. and yeah. like I, I'm not dismissive of Key and Peele or anything like that. But I did not see this. I coming. had no idea. Yeah. No, I no. did not no. see this coming. When, yeah. 
and uh, like Nope remains being an interesting like movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like if his name is on it, I yeah, am I'm absolutely yep. on board. Yeah. But it was such a crowded yep. list that I it kept on falling out of the top ten, yep. and I finally took it as a sign. I guess it's number but eleven. Yes. I mean, we'll, yep. we'll talk about it more, but it's just the concept and that goes, I guess, with privilege. Yeah. A little bit. I think a lot about. Um, being uh, a Caucasian person and being scared in an urban all all black neighborhood, and I I mean I lived in Brooklyn, New York, where I was a visible minority, um, but there was never I don't remember films before this that talked about being African American and being scared in a predominantly white community. And typically when we talk about racism, we talk about that yee-haw, redneck, confederate mm-hmm. flag, mm-hmm. Yeah. boy howdy, open tattoo swastika yeah. racism. Yes. Not the polite, left-wing, condescending, yes. uh, like... Bradley Whitford. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's a very real thing that doesn't get called out. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the thing about the movie that kind of makes it important, if you can, you mm-hmm. know, if you can call a movie important. Like... Mm-hmm. No, the the, the the classic, you know, I have plenty of, of black friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, and, I mean, everybody winces in that line the first time I saw it. You know, I saw it here in Regina and when I was on, on leave there and uh, educational leave. And, yeah, there wasn't a ton of people at the screening I was at, but I think everybody was like, oh, that's... But in a way, it's like, it's the kind of, I don't think of myself as a racist person, but it's the kind of racism that I feel like I could be guilty (laughs) of. Just be thoughtless, indifferent, dismissive racism. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't get called out, and it's a very real thing. Yeah. Big fan of the movie. I want it to be in the top ten, there just wasn't room. Yeah, I gotcha. So that's the top 20 ranked. Now uh, we've only got the top 10 to deal with in the next episode, so we're starting to stress about this. How are we doing? I think Lee, Jason, and I are got pretty recovering it pretty well. I think we, our lists aren't too similar, but uh, we definitely have some crossover. But I'd love to hear what you thought. So send your feedback to rank and review at gmail.com. R A N K N R E V I E W at gmail.com. The website is rankandreview.ca. Please give a listen to Jason DeBray's podcast, The Shelf Shedding Movie Show. Check out another podcast local to me called The Terror Table Podcast. And we'll be back with episode 239, where we're going to finish the best of the 20 teens. Thanks for listening, you guys.